This episode is brought to you by Lone Wolf Paintball. They are an amazing online supplier and have been around since the beginning of the game as Michigan's premier paintball field and paintball supplier since 1987. They are rapidly expanding into the online retail space and supplying everything you need to be the best paintball player you can be. They have got it all. Head over to LoneWolfPaintball.com and shop all of your favorite brands and they also boast amazing customer service and will have this out to you with same-day shipping, which is amazing. It's always nice to know that your stuff is on its way immediately so you can start to use it that very next weekend of play. Check out their YouTube, Lone Wolf Paintball, and their Instagram, at Lone Wolf PB, and stay up to date with all of their deals and sales. Play the Game Podcast is immensely honored to have them on board, and we cannot wait for you guys to check out LoneWolfPaintball.com and become a part of their community. Today's episode of PTG is brought to you by the one and only Trans Labs that brought the world two amazing products. First off, Transfuse, which is a hydration multiplier, and most recently, they just dropped Transcend, which is a nootropic energy formula. No matter what you use, when you choose Trans Labs, you are going to be boosted and you are going to be ready to charge the paintball field and win out there. With Transfuse, that is a premium rapid hydration multiplier and immunity fortifying formula scientifically designed to replenish you at the cellular level. And they use all natural ingredients in this product. We've got zinc, we've got vitamin B6, we've got vitamin C, sodium, potassium, choline, and it is an amazing way to make sure that you're hydrated and prepared to play top-level paintball. When it comes to Transcend, that is a premium nootropic energy formula designed to increase cognitive performance, elevate mood and clarity while supporting long-term brain health, and it's going to leave you feeling great with no crash or jitters. It's one of the only products in the nootropic space backed by research studies to ensure the formula is correct for optimal performance. It is more potent than anything on the market and it will keep you charged and ready to win out there. I take one scoop, but if you're stimulant sensitive, take a half scoop. And if you want that LFG dose to launch to the moon, dump two scoops in your drink and you are going to be flying down that paintball field. Comes in two delicious flavors, Baja Blast and Skittles Candy for the Transcend. And for the Transfuse, they have two new flavors as well, Pineapple Express and Hawaiian Punched. So if you get a chance, head over to translabs.com. That's T-R-A-N-Z. Labs.com. Use code play the game and you'll get 10% off. If you subscribe to a monthly delivery service, you also get 10% off as well. So you could take advantage of 20% off on these products. Head over to translabs.com and give it a go. What's going on, PTG fam? Thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. This episode, Marcelo and Tyler, myself, speaking in the third person, that's strange. But the name of the episodes are Marcelo and Mantis, so I kind of confused myself. Anyway, we're going to call it the PTG show. This episode is the PTG show with Marcelo and Mantis. Boom, I like that. We do make some phone calls. We've got some very special guests, Rob Bertuglia from New York Wrecking Crew and everyone's favorite, Mike Hinman from San Diego Aftermath. He needs no introduction. Uh, he dropped in and dropped some bombs of knowledge, as always. So um, anyway, without further ado, we'll see you in the show. That was an insane inside move by Marcelo Margot. Great communication. And the crowd starts chanting Harmon. Great, great shot by all the guys. So Tyler Harmon saved that game. Came out with two wins. Marcelo Margot was on fire.
What's going on, PTG Nation? We have the one, the only Marcelo and Mantis show going on. We got the Ooh. young Martian on the beat here. I hope you're doing good, brother. How's it going? Go. Oh, it's going great, Ty. Good to see you, brother. Uh, I feel like you. it's been a while. We're like, oh, well, it's been since last week. But uh, usually we talk a whole lot more this last week. It seems like the last couple of weeks. I've, I've been busy, you know, the international travel and then kind of getting back into the swing of things. And of course, yeah, we, didn't, we didn't really uh, talk too much this last week. Yeah, we're both very busy, you know, sad, running dude. around. I know. <laughs> yeah, shit. it is a little bit. But, uh, you know, we're both getting ready for the Philly NXL coming up right now. Uh, there's, I know there's you- also that there's also that, too. I feel like usually when we're getting ready for the major events, we kind of we, uh-huh. we we kind of stop talking a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we go into the zone. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Straight up. Yep. And then uh, you know how it is. It's wartime. We're going we're about to go at it here in Philly on the East Coast. And uh, you guys were playing on the layout. Who did you guys have for practice this weekend? We got to play San Diego Aftermath um, and had a fantastic practice with them. We did a three-day. On Friday, we went out to Victory Paintball, and it was just us. We got to do a bunch of shots and really work on, you know, uh, just learning the field and trying to figure out different packages for shooting people off the break and and what we wanted to do in that regard. Um, And then Saturday and Sunday, we got to play against Aftermath. And uh, we had a field to ourselves. It was just us. We ran a ton of points. Got to see a ton of different looks. Aftermath looked good. They gave us a lot of good, uh, good reps. And um, yeah, I like the field, man. It seems, yeah. uh, seems like a shooter's field. It is. It is a shooter's field. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Shooters shoot, and they're going to be rewarded. <laughs> they're going to be rewarded out there on this mm-hmm. type of a field layout. It's just crazy. There's no off the break shots, which is really interesting. Hey, you know? <laughs> <laughs> <Aye>, mommy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird. Uh, weird. Yeah. Just run. Head down <laughs> just and run. run. <laughs> yeah. Full disclosure, we're just kidding. For all the yes. listeners that take yeah. what we say very, very seriously, we want you to succeed on this layout. So do your drills because there are some mm-hmm. big shots everywhere. Oh, yeah. There really are. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some three-on-threes off the break or like oh, four-on-fours, you know. Oh, yeah, for it's sure. It's just that even, kind of a field. Because even the pocket is shootable. Even the pocket. So if you go to the, you know, two back center, one to the Dorito side can, one to the snake side can, and one to that snake side small, small little mini brick, which would be a pocket play that's as pocket as you can get, really. Yeah. Two of those spots are shootable. So, you know, depending on your timing of the buzzer and, you know, how quick you are off the gate, all that kind of stuff. um, Yeah. Those spots are kind of shootable too. So pretty crazy. I do think the ones, the attackers that are creative, and don't just run one route to a spot, we'll actually be able to get wide. Um, there are some different blind zones on each side that you can kind of block one of the shooters out, see where their lane is, if it's high or low, and then you can navigate around it. Um, you know, I, I was able to play the one on the Dorito side a bit, and I was, I was able to have success running over there just by stopping in different spots and being able to, you know, shoot back at the shooters and, and work my way in, right? But if you yeah. just run head down, that lane is there. You're getting clapped up. Yeah, that, that is actually a huge talking point because a lot of players, they trap themselves and they don't even realize it, right? There's a lot of ways that you can diversify yourself on a run with your, with your route choices. And on something like this, you can get really creative. Um, the Dorito side definitely is a little bit more shootable. It looks like than the snake side, uh, but there's shots everywhere, you know, off the break, uh, up the middle to the wires, to the interiors. They're all over the place. Mm-hmm. They're all over the place. That snake side yeah. can has such a big gap for any snake runner. The back center can shoot the snake runners. Um, 
I mean, it's, it's again, it's just a shooter's field. Um, yeah. So I think you're going to see, you're going to see the teams with experience have a lot of success just because it's going to go back to a lot of control. It's going to take teamwork and creativity to be able to get to the tapes. Um, you're going to have to be able to win those three on three points. Um, you're not going to just be able to fly to the 50 off the break and, and surprise people and get rewarded. I mean, you might see a little bit of it on the Dorito side. Maybe some people get away with it on Friday, um, but it's definitely going to tighten up in my opinion. And, um, um, you know, that does not mean that, that there won't be big moves and that there won't be, you know, exciting points, but it's definitely going to be a more controlled field. I think, I think you that, know, that Dorito side can play so fast, you know, yes, if, if you uh, get out there, yeah, 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 if you yeah, get out there, it's yep. All the way to their side, essentially. And, you know, there's only a couple of spots and if they're not playing those spots, right, then you're going straight to T town to go yeah. to their side of the, the field. <laughs> T-town, baby. Yeah. T-town. And, uh, same with like the, uh, the snake side, whenever you have a ladder snake like that, you know, that, yes. that yeah. you can crawl literally from one end of your field all the way to theirs. You really need to take advantage of that out there. You know, divisional pro doesn't matter if you get in there and we're, and you're able to, you know, um, know what's going on in front of you, take advantage and don't like stop and get shot, you know, make, make that whole entire bunker work for you and use Mm -hmm. it appropriately the way it's supposed to be played in those situations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the snake side was interesting. I had one point where, uh, I was in their snake one, like literally I was on aftermath's complete side of the field. Obviously we shot that whole side and I was closing the game and there was two players left on the Dorito side. I couldn't see them. You know, that's right. I was, yeah. I'm, I'm in their snake one and I can't see anybody, you know? So it was kind of, kind of frustrating. You get that far down and you don't get rewarded. If the other team is playing tight on that side of the field, I had to kind of come back and try to like really dig for those shots. So it's just kind of telling that there will be probably two stories happening on the field. You know, um, you have to, you have to kind of have a, a even attack because you could win all the way down the snake side, but maybe the other team just wins down the Dorito side. Your snake players weren't able to, to get those cross field kills. Um, yeah. So yeah, really, really interesting. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I call it the gold mines over there in that snake. It's got that, you could crawl the tunnel. You got to put your helmet mm-hmm. on, turn yep. the light on, and just crawl <laughs> the tunnel all the way down. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see, you know, how some of the top players, you know, you, you've got one of them on your team, Chad George. We just got, we just picked up Kyle, which is really exciting. Mouse, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how these players continue to unpack this snake um, and if it ends up being really fast or more methodical, right? Like yeah. if, you, if you just try to get to the other team's side and, and wait, to hear the other player and bunker them and then try to shoot somebody or, you know, like what the, what the cadence is over there. I think. So what was it like different ways? Uh, weekend one, Kyle's back on the team. How was that? Dude. Amazing. Having Kyle back. I love Kyle. You, you yeah. love Kyle. We all love Kyle. Yeah. He's, one of, he's one of our best friends. So, you know, it was so funny. It was weird. Like looking at him there, I just kept thinking he wasn't on the team, you know, but it feels so comfortable having him there. Cause he always comes out on off weekends and he's always around, you know, he's one of our best friends. Um, and I'm like, you're on our team. (laughs) We're teammates again, you know? Uh, so it's, it's, it's good, man. It's really good to have him back. I, um, I really want him to unlock the next level, dude. I think Kyle can be one of the best, you know, he has such a great skill set. He's, he's, he has all the experience. He's been in the game for a long time. He's been dominant for a long time, but like, I think there's something, you know, another level that he can unlock. I really do. And, uh, I, I'm happy to see him do it. I mean, this team is probably the best team to be able to to do that right now. You know, the the old heads are just kind of instilling magic in everybody. So, um, you know, it's it's good to have him back and uh, have that kind of weapon on the team. You know, uh, really fast. Obviously, one of the most athletic players in the game, and uh, he gives us a different pace on that side of the field. So, um, 
Yeah, it was good, man. It was good to have him back. It was, you know, he looks good in his JT gear. And uh, yeah, it just, it felt, you know, it felt normal, felt right. Yeah, dude, Kyle's the man. Uh, Wish him much success out there. So you're saying he's like a young Goku who's about to like, maybe go blonde. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you guys, you know what I'm saying? You guys yeah, do you that. Know, right before Champions Cup, we might have to pull it off. Yep. Dope, um, dude. Yeah, you guys are going to be full, full, uh, what is it? Dragon Ball Z Super Saiyan. Dragon Ball Come on. Z Super yeah. Saiyan. How about you guys? Where did you guys practice? We were out in Texas playing against X Factor out at X Factor Paintball Park. Thank you very much to everybody out there at X Factor who makes those practices happen. Uh, we had thunder and we had obviously x factor it was a really fun weekend and uh, we got a lot of sets in a lot of different looks from all the guys it's great to see thunder the uh like i played on the naughty dogs way you know early in my career so they still have some of the og naughty dogs on that squad it's always good to see them out there playing paintball and having fun and uh it was a really really great weekend it was hot which is good conditioning we got to run a lot of sets uh, Friday. We did, you know, more drill st- type stuff. And then Saturday, Sunday played just a ton of games. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to practice X Factor on Thursday at the event. Um, excited to see how how they play the field again. You know, another one of the elite snake players in Billy. Um, yeah. Curious to see. The middle was interesting. You know, it, it, it originally to me didn't look like it was going to be that powerful. Um, it looked like, of course, you know, when you look at a field, uh, you can never say that a spot's not going to get used because that could very well become the spot that wins the tournament, right? Uh, just from pattern recognition and people doing a little bit different things as the event goes on. Uh, but the middle ended up being really dominant. A lot of opportunities on both sides. And especially like if you can't get wide, the secondary moves up through the center was, was really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to see a ton of that at the tournament. Um, when, whenever you have all those big bunkers up the middle, it's just going to be so active up there. There's going to mm-hmm. be, you know, at least one to two people flooding through the middle. Like you said, depending on the wide, what happens on the wide and then just playing the game, you know, you got to just play the situations, how they lie. Yeah. And shout out to BKI, uh, Nick Sloviak and myself did do another BKI field breakdown. We get on the guns up app. We record on the guns up app. So it's like 3d you're on the field with us. We walk through each position and really go over all the little details, the different bounce shots, all sorts of stuff. So if you guys want, uh, head over to BKI paintball.com, make sure to check that out. You could use code play the game to sign up and, uh, you know, get, start soaking in the, uh, the event prep. I know we're going to be putting together a playbook. We'll have a BKI playbook coming at you guys this Friday. So you can take that into your second week in a practice. Um, but Ty, we got something kind of exciting. We've been talking about wanting to highlight, you know, and have, have a little spotlight additions and highlight more divisional teams, players, organizations. Um, we do have Robert Bertuglia, uh, the owner of New York wrecking crew. All the listeners here, I think know, uh, New York wrecking crew. Uh, shout out to young Stevie. Young Stevie is the unofficial captain of the team. Don't tell him I said that. Right. But he's kind of earning that role for sure. Um, and, uh, it's just an amazing organization and and they've had some success this year. They had a great practice this weekend. What went rough for them, but, uh, it was against some, some top level teams. So without any more on my end, we're going to give them a call here. Let's see. That's what you want though. When you practice, you know, absolutely. You don't want to be the practice champion. Absolutely. Amen. Big Rob. What's happening? All right. Rob, What's my man, up, you're live here on, on the PTG show. Live and in person, huh? <laughs> yeah. Live and in person. 
You got Tyler on the What's line Tyler? as well. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Honored to have you on. Thank you so much for everything you do in the game. And with New York Wrecking Crew, it's been really fun to watch you and the squad progress. And uh, obviously with Marcelo um, and all the work that he's been doing with the squad, it's been really cool to see just the, the team molding together and really attacking the tournament scene out there. You wouldn't have thought that this weekend, but thank you. <laughs> That's funny. I said right before we got on the on the horn that the team had a rough practice. But hey, you guys are a a, a new D three team. You know, fairly fairly new. A lot of the kids first year playing D three, and uh, you guys are playing some top level teams. You had Leverage, who's a D two team, right? And the Newbies, which is a, a solid semi pro team. So you know, people people we had the Philadelphia A's. Oh, you had the A's too. Okay, nice. Yes, yeah, so, so we had some really good competition. At, and at the end of it, though, I kind of told the guys it was like, you know, okay, we, we played Friday afternoon, we played Saturday, we got a butt kick all day. Sunday morning we did. And then all of a sudden they turned the switch and everything went like positive. We won like six straight points, lost a point or two, won another two or three points. I said to the guys, let's just quit now. Let's go have some lunch. And then a high note, because <laughs> you guys really showed some grit today by turning around the way they did. I mean, there were 32nd points who we were getting our butts kicked. That's how bad it was. And we just learned so much in this layout this weekend. Yeah, and you know, that's what it's all about is learning, right? And th those are the conversations we have before these weekends, Rob, is, is you know, um, you're going to go up against a team like Leverage, some of these uh, – uh, high level semi pro teams and you got to understand that we're there to learn. Right. And it's okay to lose against those guys because they're just, they're playing at a faster pace. They've been, you know, they, they, they capitalize on your mistakes a lot quicker than other teams in your division. Um, 100%. Totally. And that's, you know, that's why we're big, big advocates of not playing down divisions, you know, uh, right before an event, if you can help it. So if you can structure practices where, you know, you, you at least one of the weekends play up a division. It's going to teach you a lot. You're going to learn so much about what you can and can't get away with. You know, whereas if you play down in divisions or even your division, it's moves that you 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 make might not actually be there in the event. You know, more experienced players might might clip you for overextending or you know making a mistake. Absolutely, Tyler doesn't really know me all that well, but Tyler, you know, it, it took me probably two and a half, three years working with Marcelo to understand that you don't have to win at practice. Because I used to get upset. <laughs> we didn't win the point. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be yelling at me. On the, Would you be quiet? We got this, man. This is a good practice. I go, it's not good. We didn't get a point. <laughs> That's yeah, funny because we were actually just talking about that. And I said, I was just telling Marcella, you don't want to be the practice champion. You know? Yeah. Um, we're not so concerned about getting W's at practice. I'm more concerned about knowing all the intricacies of a movement or the the probabilities on on making a play work in a certain way you know there's there's a lot more that's at stake at practice than just getting you know wins on points but at the same time for morale you definitely it's good to end a day with you know some good totally. steam and, and working on and uh and dialing in exactly what's working but um yeah you don't want to be practice champs <laughs> yeah nope what happened back in uh Vegas 2020 Right, when, right before COVID hit, uh, we were playing the semi-pro uh, Revo team for both weekends and a couple of the teams that were there. And honestly, we were so proud. We were smoking them like every point. We went to Vegas, and it's the first time in Wrecking Crew's history we never made it out of Freelands. Mm, it was a disaster. You, so, guys, you guys weren't tested 
you didn't see anything that you weren't ready for to teach you. You know, that's the problem exactly. with winning majority of the points in practice is then you get to the event and you, and a team that, you know, you have all these weekends where a team never got into the 50 Dorito, let's just say. Right. And yep. so you don't, you don't know how to react to that. And then all of a sudden this team's getting into the 50 Dorito against you and you, you don't know how to respond. So losing right. points, if you can have a, you know, cool, calm and collected head about it and assess why you lost that point and how you can fix that on that field, it's the best thing for you. You know, some of the biggest tournaments we've won, Tyler's been a part of it as well as, you know, we had the worst practices leading up to it, you know, but if you learn, if you really look at it and are thoughtful and mindful in how you were losing those points, then that's where the magic comes. You can, you're prepared for everything, you know, you're prepared for, you know, for everything in the event. 1000%. And one of the semi-pro guys, I don't remember, honestly, if it was uh, either newbies or if it, or if it was leverage, you, you know, Brandon, who played with us at OPS. Yeah, of course. They came over and they said, you know, we're allowing your D guy to get into the, uh, the D side player to get into the, the 40 because we want to see well, what's going to happen in real life. If we go out and someone gets to the 40, how do we get them out? How do we, how do we figure that part of it out? So they were letting us in some positions at first just to see how they would react. Sure. So, yeah. Another way of looking at it. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And you know what? That's a very wise way for a, team to practice, you know, I actually got this question today. How should you structure your practice if you're playing against a lower divisional team? Cause that's your only option. Well, that's exactly how, you know, set up scenarios that make the game more difficult for you work on, on, on very minute things. Don't just go out there and try to win points because you're going to get into bad habits that better teams are going to, you know, punish you for. Um, so doing stuff exactly like that to kind of see, you know, what'll happen if they do get into the good spots. And, uh, that's a, that's very wise of, of leverage. I like to hear that Rob. Yep. No. Yep. Yep. Rob, I, I want to, uh, talk to the listeners and kind of, you know, let the listeners in a little bit because, you know, you're, um, one of the best owners in, in paintball, in my opinion, you know, you do a great job with wrecking crew. You, you have really devoted a lot of time and effort into this organization to build a professional organization, you know, New York wrecking crew really is treated in many ways like a professional organization. Um, and the players, you know, we, we hold them to a high standard and we've built a, a culture there that is, you know, started to see a little bit of success and, and, you know, it's a great group of young kids, but, um, I kind of want to talk to you about, you know, what it takes to build a successful organization, right. And, and kind of how your journey, you know, from the start until now is, has changed and evolved. I'll try to make a kind of a long story short. <laughs> uh, we don't know, mind the long. I have, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a, a cleaning business, and we were in seven states with almost two thousand people. You know, cleaning toilets from Orlando Airport, uh, Newark, LaGuardia, office buildings in Manhattan, and when I kind of stopped working and and, and kind of semi-retired, I was a little bored. My son was playing paintball and, and that's why I first met Marcelo Tyler was in uh, at Boston paintball they had the combine over in the winter yeah and, it's uh, the best over there yep and my son was 14 years old at the time and there was about 40 45 guys there and he won a one-on-one and uh, that year at World Cup we were leaving World Cup me and my son and Marcelo turned around and said Hey, Chris, is that you? Like, and I'm going like, how the hell did he remember my son's name? Like, he knows 9 billion people. So uh, we kind of connected and had him do, 
do a clinic, and I, and I kind of got bought into it. The coach at the time quit uh, wrecking crew, and, and I couldn't leave the team hanging, so I kind of took it over. I am not a coach, Tyler. I, I, I know a little less about <laughs> paintball as a coach. I can only look at it and see what's wrong and, and kind of fix it. So I took the business part of it, and I said this to our coach, Lewis. I said, you know, if I treat this like a business, a real business, I think we can make something out of it. And, and I think that was the whole thing of it, a businessman's approach, not just uh, a, a sporting event or, or a hobby. So we, we kind of structured it where we were very structured. And we had a lot of turnover in the last two years, mm-hmm. uh, both good and bad, because people weren't bought into the program. You know, when we brought Marcelo on board, he taught us the culture. He was trying to teach us the winning culture. And some of the guys didn't want to buy into that, whether it was financially or, or emotionally to give that much to a sport. And I kind of liked it. And unfortunately, my son stopped playing paintball. And I didn't want to leave the team, so I, I kept it going. And uh, like one of your episodes I just listened to, uh, either one or two ago, you know, I'm the owner and, and the manager. And I, I take care of everything. You were talking about the Saints. That was it. Well, they had no water or something at the event, Robert Buff was saying, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I get in trouble by myself. Sometimes I buy uh, filtered water instead of... Uh, spring water <laughs> and i get yelled at or you know but uh, it's not just you rob don't is, worry everybody gets in trouble for buying purified water <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's the best thing on the road to the only thing we can get but seriously i just look at it as a business standpoint like you know everything is structured everybody has a job to do you have to trust those people to do the job and Given up certain control, like at the beginning, you know, I was putting a lot of effort into it and obviously money and didn't, I wasn't happy with the results. So we kept changing. Marcelo recommended some players and, and now we got these like-minded players and parents. The parents are all bored in on this and, and that's the most important thing. It's costing them a fortune for practice. You know, yeah. you guys know what flights are today. Yeah. So, uh, well, that's another, yeah, that's another really cool thing about the team is that. Uh, we have a lot of the young kids that have, you know, kind of come up through the BKI programs and, you know, I've worked with them for, for quite a few years and they fly in from different parts of the, the, the country, you know, to make this happen with New York Wrecking Crew. And, um, you know, I think that's, uh, that just goes to show their level of commitment. Right. And, you know, we, we've had this talk so much, Rob, it's okay if you don't want to, you know, commit everything to paintball. That's totally fine. Yeah, no, it's like but, you find a team that you just right. want to have fun with. Exactly. I, I get it. Totally. And I'm good with that. Totally. That's not what I was looking for. Exactly. Right. You if, know, I'm if, a little, I'm a little older than the rest of the guys in paintball. I kind of did it as a hobby, but more because that's my personality. I always want to be building something and making something. Oh, I accidentally hung up on him. <laughs> Sorry guys. We'll call you right back. Rob. <laughs> Hey, we got put off. Sorry, Rob. Yeah, continue. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make something out of nothing, so to speak, or, you know, from the beginning. Right. And just put the business part of it over with expenses, with, with costing, and making sure that the players just worried about playing and paying for. And you, and you said something that, and thank you for saying that, Marcel, that one of the better owners, because I really believe that in my heart that we are. Like, when my guys show up at the field, and again, you've seen it, Marcel, they don't worry about anything. Like, housing's taken care of, uh, food's taken care of, water, supplies. 
we have the suitcase, the black boxes, as we call it, with batteries. Marcelo goes, we don't even get batteries. <laughs> we think it's air guns. We, we have everything ready to go, so there's no excuse not to win. I want the players, as I do with my workers, have all the tools to do the best job they could do for my customer. So that's yeah. it's, it's, I think it was a lot simpler than it really was. It's just that someone wants to put that, that kind of time and devotion into it. Well, also, you have tremendous foresight to be able to navigate the paintball scene and know which components you want to add into your organization to make it the strongest it can be as well. So there's there's a lot to be said about that. And and obviously, your passion and your willpower to you know not give up when things start going bad or you know you could have very easily walked away when your son walked away and um it just it says a lot about you as a man and an owner of just being there for your community and helping these aspiring paintball players be the best versions of themselves which is absolutely tremendous um to have out there on that east coast and for the paintball community as a whole you know Tyler it really is almost like a professional team because mm-hmm. none of the kids are local we're in i think six states maybe seven different states that's tremendous so I have to coordinate yeah I'm, I'm coordinating with seven parents coming in flying out where they're going to stay who's picking them up who's dropping them off who's getting yeah. them at the airport you know what time we get into the field we, I gotta, Down I gotta take like, a moment to just commend all of the amazing parents out there. You know, uh, yes. oh my if, god, yes, yeah, yeah, all the parents that make these dreams come true for all these paintball players out there. Because it really, I know, you know how invested uh, we all are with our families, and it, and it really is the cherry on top with the whole paintball experience when everyone can have a fun time. You know, making these dreams come true out there on that paintball field. And I'm enjoying watching them grow and the family grow, so to speak. The parents are all bought into this. They come to the event. Uh, as Marcelo said in one of his other podcasts recently, we had an event, on a regional event, and we missed three of our, our starting players, Ben, Colton, and uh, Will. And uh, Chris McFarlane and his son Chip, he got his older son to play, Chase to fill in his wife was actually potting for us in, mm-hmm. in the pit it was like a family nice. affair so You're missing both the coaches too missing me and lou yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was, yeah. we were missing marcella we were missing lewis lewis was in alabama for like five days for work mm-hmm. so you know we were thinking about not going to the event and i'm going no no no, no. we're going to the event myself go rob you know <laughs> this may be bad for the guys no no we're gonna do good <laughs> and i'm going please the lord make this happen <laughs> I love that. You know, it's, it, yeah, they, it, they pulled it out. And your guy, Stevie, did a great job coaching the kids. Oh, of course. Steve is Steve is brilliant. He's just a he's a really intelligent human. Um, he understands the game of paintball very well. Um, that was where we first connected years ago when he when he reached out to me on social media and we started having conversations. It was about paintball. And I was like, man, this guy understands the game. I don't know, you know, he was just a student, you know, and and yeah. he would say things, you know, I get a lot of messages in the DM and some of them I'm like, Oh, yikes, you're, that's a little off. Stevie was always on point. And so, you know, when I got to work with him on Gator gang, you know, when, when uh, I went over and worked with him and Tanner, who are both now on wrecking crew, that's all the stuff that I saw in him. Right. And so getting him yeah. on wrecking crew was kind of a no brainer. And he's, he's really an important role to all those kids. You know, um, it reminds me of, you know, when I was coming up on aftermath, we had some older players that, 
they they didn't ever go and pursue a pro career, but they were so crucial to the success of that team and and our growth as kids at the time, you know. And um, it, it's you have to have that maturity <laughs> with a group like we have, which is a bunch of 15, 16, 17 year olds. Um, you know what I was they gonna, look up to Steve. They do look up. Yeah, to totally. Steve's the man. Um, what I was going to say though is it was it was a really proud moment. You know, Ben and I were out with our West Coast team, uh, the the uh, Vegas Golden Misfits, playing in the WCPPL with Mike Hinman. We actually have Hinman on the line here next, but um, we were out on the West Coast that weekend, and we were both so incredibly excited to hear that you guys won because it says a lot about the organization, right? And it shows that the organization has bought into everything we've been doing and the organization is ready to be successful. And it's not as fragile as, you know, one of the coaches making the right plays or one of the coaches, you know, having a, a, a good scouting report. It's the culture of the team has built and bred success. Right. And so you guys were able to go yep. in there and carry the things that we had been, you know, doing and learning in practice, how to approach situations on the field, you know, how to, you know, put together game plans and how to utilize teamwork all of that kind of stuff is now part of the team. You guys, you know, we always joke about this, but I say, look, if I do my job right, you guys won't need me anymore. Like that's ultimately the goal is to I'm, do my job so well. <laughs> I'll always have some <laughs> tricks up my sleeve. Don't worry. I got to make sure that I have some value. But truly that yep. is, that's the goal, right? Because that means that the players understand everything that we're learning. They understand the game the way I understand the game. That's the goal. And, and that's what I was proud of because we came off of uh, the Sunshine State uh, win mm-hmm. with only like 12 points lost out of seven or eight matches throughout the weekend. It, it was a phenomenal match. Uh, and, and like that's kind of unheard of to only lose that amount of points. So they were a little bit cocky. And to use your expression, I wanted them to be more confident and not cocky, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. And, I had to give them a little reality you know, check. Yeah. So – you know, we didn't dominate the event and we shouldn't have with two coaches not there and three players, but they just kept fighting back, not giving up. They kept their composure in the pitch, you know, uh, paint, air, clipboard, you know? Paint, air, yeah. clipboard, so, that's it. So we kept to that. Everybody kept their head up and we battled back and happened to win that one too. And then when we heard you, because you guys were three hours behind, so on the way yeah. home, we were watching the scores <laughs> as they came up with you. We go, oh shit, my solo won too. That's yeah. awesome! Like, <laughs> it was a good coach win. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. And and Ben played stellar. Ben played really awesome. Um, have you talked to Ben? How's he doing? I know he he hurt his wrist at practice last weekend. Yeah, he didn't like the text message I sent him this morning. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> What'd you do, Rob? It, everything is good, his mother said. He needed to uh, just splint it up. The doctor said he could play, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I got to reach you real quick when I wrote it. But ben, heard the news today. Guess it was the best of the worst situation. Luce and I have been talking about it, and we want you to get some experience on the layout this weekend coming up. But under no circumstances will you be allowed to die. <laughs> we don't care and walk off the field, but no diving. If you do, I'm pulling you from the weekend. <laughs> he writes, I said, wait, 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 then I wrote, this is for your own good. We want you for your future, not just for today, yeah. right? Yeah. He put length, but understandable. <laughs> it is. You know, I told him, like, 
he shouldn't even really play. But now that I found out, you know, it's just a, a bone contusion, you know, just be careful on it. Yeah, absolutely. No diving, <laughs> no diving right. whatsoever. Um, yeah, be safe, so, kid. I know you're going to yeah. listen to this. Still be safe. Yeah. <laughs> Ben's one of the goats. We got, we yeah. got young Ben Slover. Goat He's crew. a goat in PTG world. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And Stevie got half the team probably as a goat, right? Yeah, absolutely. We got the boys in there. These kids are so committed. And and Rob, again, I'm just uh, I'm I'm really excited that we've been able to keep these kids together. And uh, there's so much potential with all of them across the board. You know, Seth, Chip, Colton, Will, um, obviously, you know, Ben, Tanner, Steve. You know, these these guys put in so much effort. Um, they they really have bought into what we're doing and what we're trying to build there. Um, so I'm excited to see you guys perform in Philly. You guys have another practice this weekend. I'm sure, you know, we'll connect this week and, and talk a little bit about um, layouts and how to play the field and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah. And, you know, for a D3 team to get the kind of team, the quality teams that we're getting, you know, keep um, the bit from the Hurricanes, even though they, they, they broke apart recently. Yeah. You know, they used to help us on the layouts, you know, and now we have the newbies. We, we've had, you know, leverage. Some really good teams that have won national championships wanting to play a D three team. So it says a lot for the organization and for that yeah. you helped you know build yourself with it. So I just look at that as like, man, like who would really want to play a D three team? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, we need- when you do well and you have a professional type organization and 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 teams know that uh when they set up a practice with you, you guys are willing to get there. We're gonna right? show up. You're gonna show up, Everything. you're gonna play. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, Tyler, the other thing that we started, we, we don't get to the field like most guys do, 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning. Most people, guys, don't get there to that time. My soul, I can tell you, we're at the field at 7 a.m. As soon as the sun rises up, we're at the field. We're blowing up the field. The guys get dressed. Lewis and I blow up the field. And we're out there three hours before anybody else really shows up to play. We started that. that a long time ago. Oh, yeah. yeah, and and no nobody in the East Coast ever did that. Trust me, those guys are there. Like I said, ten thirty, eleven. Oh and yeah. Now that that's become something that people are doing. They're all getting to the field by eight o'clock now. <laughs> so that's going back to that business structure, it, yeah. it's really that simple. You know, I don't want to be there five o'clock at night. I, you know, I, yeah. I want to be there seven in the morning. So yep. yeah, the culture's totally changed, made it for the better, and. uh the fruits of our labor is paying off and we'll see what happens in Philly in two weeks. Big Rob, right. what's up uh, before we let you go, what's one piece of advice you would give to an organization? One piece of advice. Yeah. A team that's trying to, to chase their first, first place victory. Honestly, it's the preparation that goes in before the tournament. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you said this again, Marcel, I'm, and I'm repeating a lot of stuff that you taught me. You just can't show up at an event and think you're going to win it because mm-hmm. you have all good guys. You know, mm-hmm. when we were in Vegas, going back to that, we didn't get the prelims. We had, don't forget, we had Ivan, right? From DMG, yep. From DMG. We had Jimmy Cocker from uh, the uh, ML Kings, right? Yeah. Yep. So we had two pros, about to be pros, on the team. And we didn't even make it out of the prelims because we totally. had a, a shitty practice. Totally. So it, it's preparing before the event. And if you're not going to put that time in, you know, we had a D4 team and they didn't want to go to OPS beforehand. They didn't want to spend the 200 bucks for paint, whatever it was, but they want to go to Philly. So I'm going, you're going to invest seven, eight, nine thousand $9,000 to go to Philly, but you don't want to invest a few hundred dollars to have a great practice at a regional tournament. It made no sense to me. 
it makes no sense you, yeah. right yeah and, and marcelo is big on it as i am like the regional events why you can play them play them because that that structure that stress you get from a real tournament atmosphere is 10 times more valuable than a practice yeah you if you're gonna you invest yeah. all that time you might as well go and uh give yourself the best shot at it yeah right so, so i don't know if it's one piece of advice but it's preparation and, and not just like you said you're showing up at the event thinking you're going to win because you practice mm-hmm. a week before or something like that mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot before that you get there for the winning culture part of it you know uh, marcel's big on bonding so he's taught me that so we go we went to see top gun saturday night after practice we went home back to the hotel after practice showered up went to a cracker barrel Fed ten people for 150 bucks. Nice, Hinman's favorite. <laughs> and then we went to see Top Gun. And then we went to go see Top Gun. And it was and the kids are there laughing, having a good time. They're all really super well behaved. That that you know, it's just a great atmosphere to be part of. Absolutely. So again, the preparation and the culture is the most important thing to me. Got to do the work. That's it. Amen. Yes, sir. Big Rob, thank you so much, man. I uh, would love to get thank you back you, on man. the show sometime. It. Yep, yep. Appreciate yep. everything you do for uh, those kids. Paintball on the East Coast. You know, you're really setting the standard for those divisional teams over there. Um, it's awesome thank to you. see and uh, love to be part of it. So, Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Rob. We appreciate thanks, you. We salute you. Thanks, Marcelo. Talk to thank you, you brother. Thank you, bud. Bye. Peace. <laughs> Rob's the man. He's the man. Dude. Yeah, he's the man. It's he's so funny. Best. He reminds me of my dad. It's It's crazy. My nose is itching. What the heck? <laughs> oh, I got a sneeze. Um, yep, there we go. Yeah, he 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 totally reminds me of my dad. Old Italian and stubborn. Sorry, Rob, but <laughs> but we have a man. lot of the same conversations. My dad's from New York as well, so they have had very similar you know personalities. Yeah. And and there are so many things that Rob does. It just reminds me of my dad. It's uh, it, it definitely uh helped that bond along. You know, I've known Rob for five five years now, something like that. Um, got a lot he's of love got, for the guy. Yeah, he's got the work ethic, and you can tell that it's apparent. And I, and I love how he approached, um, you know, creating the organization, taking it with a complete business minded uh, approach, and just totally. being pretty blunt that's and uh, you know upfront about it with everything. And that's what you got to do, right? If you're going to be successful, you got to be straight up front, and we got to have open communication with where we're headed, and we got to stick to our word, you know. And those yes. are all imperative to having success. Hundred percent. Um, lay out your expectations in the beginning, right? For divisional teams. If you want to build a winning culture, then you have to make sure everybody understands what the goal is and what it's going to take to get there. And you all have to agree on, on the, on the steps. you got to sign that contract with yourself of what you're going to put in to get the results you want. Right. And if you can't agree to what it's going to take, then go somewhere else or don't accept that player onto your team. That's just the way it is. You have to surround yourself with the right kind of people. But ladies and gentlemen, Hinman has been waiting for a little bit. We're going to give Mike Hinman a call here. We always know he's got the juice. And it's not going to be easy either. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be easy. It might not not be version one. It might be version three, you know, but keep working. Yeah. Facts. Yep. Yo, yo. Hinge man. Yo. Hinge master. What's going oh. on, brother? What's good with you guys? There we go. We're live here on PTG. Dude, we're yeah. live. We did it. Hey, what do you think about the layout? <laughs> uh, I think 
you guys should pick Marcelo up because he was killing us on it last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, he's pretty man. damn good at this game. We uh, he is pretty pretty damn good. I had yeah. some good teachers, some good teachers, good teammates. You know, been able to learn on along the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike, I was definitely we we opened up the show talking about how good of a practice we got this weekend. Um, I thought your guys looked really good. I know, uh, you know, per usual, you weren't happy with with a lot of it. You're always making sure that the mistakes are getting critiqued and fixed, which is why that team is is where they are right now. But um, I thought you guys gave us some some excellent looks out there. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. I mean, <clears throat> you know, identity is a big thing, right? And I yes. think on SBA, there's a lot of identities we have to live up to. But one thing this day and age is there's only so many good teams out there. And making sure you're a good sparring partner, right? Like, yeah. I think that's a takeaway in this sport. And there's some comparisons with it, with like MMA. You know, Tyler's fighting for the title and we're from the same gym. I'm going to get in there and whoever he's fighting against, I'm going to try to give him the best possible look that I humanly can. Because as my brother, I'm trying to make sure he knows what he needs to know to go win a championship. And, you know, when we all go to practice together, some teams, and you know, we're not here to drop names and throw people under buses, but there's some really good pro teams out there in the division that a lot of us don't want to practice, right? They come play 25 points, you know? Yeah, the, totally. The shots that they're doing, the breakouts they're doing, you're like, there's no effing way you're ever going to do that in a tournament. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. it's, just, it's not a good look for both for both sides. So, uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, you know, getting out there with the boys in blue, which you know, like we all know the backstory to that aftermath wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for dynasty Yeah, and, you know, just trying to give good looks and do different things and try to look at everything is through all the different optics that we can, right. All three sides of this field, the center, the D side and the snake side. Yeah. I love, I love how you said that, um, you know, in regards to like MMA fighting, cause it's very true. And that even goes for like your own squad, having your own squad sharpening each other up as well and keeping everybody really, really hungry from within is extremely imperative to having success out there as well. Yeah. We, I mean, I think we were, uh, four days on the field. We were Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday this week. Yeah. So Friday we did drills with ourselves and Monday we were back out there with the full, literally the full squad was there doing three-on-threes, five-on-threes, situationals, attacking, for lack of a better term, defend, you know, just all the different looks we can because definitely steel sharpens steel and get your best players. I mean, that's even, you know, Marcelo was there the same time I was there, which is something to be said. As he was waiting for the rest of the goons to show up, we were out there running five-on-fives with ourselves, just pushing to be better, you know? Mm-hmm. absolutely trying to make sure those five on fives are as equal as possible so you have two snake guys against each other you know two all your attackers are lined up with each other to give the best look possible yeah i know it's crazy there's no shots off the break on this field this just one of those fields you know like there's just not much there <laughs> Are you fucking with me right now? <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, obviously, we Mike's we called Mike in, so we can't see Tyler's face right now. But yeah, that's the first thing Tyler said when we started talking about the field. He's like, "Man, there's just no shots on the, on the break." I'm like, uh huh? Ah, uh, you're you pulling my leg. Yeah, this is a shooter's field. I'm curious to see what you think uh, about you know the how it's going to play. I honestly, Mike, I think that the less experienced teams are going to get a little exposed this event. Um, you know, they very well could, you know, yeah. like, I mean, the, the issue is going to be 
either, you know, we're going at each other and I'm going 100%, you're going 100%, and one of the two trains are going to knock the other one off the track, mm-hmm. or somebody's going to try to sit back and counterpunch, and I don't see how you can counterpunch on this field. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, I just don't see, mm-hmm. and there's going to be some snake battles, there's going to be some D-side battles. We saw people getting shot on both sides of the field on the break. I think mm-hmm. that was a little more relevant to, you know, the dynasty put two or three guns on the Dorito side. Even guys going snake side shooting back across because a lot of windows open. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of like the NFL, right? Quarterback in the pocket only has so many windows. He rolls yeah. out of the pocket. All of a sudden, windows really start to open up and oh, yeah. the dynamic changes. But, uh, you know, depending on where the bodies are getting shot on the break, man, mm-hmm. I, I, you're going to have a hard time. You know, I always try to not show the hand too much, but like we've watched a lot of video on a lot of teams that played this weekend and you're watching some of the stuff they did and you're like, yeah, that's one way to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to work come tournament time, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But well, anytime you have I mean, like, you know, another ladder, tough one. Yeah. Well, a tough one on the practice is paint, right? And again, yeah. like, you know, the dynasty guys, vast majority of the guys out there, they even take a hard bounce. Like Marcel was like, yo, you bounce me going here. Blake, you know, yeah, you bounce me going there. We know come tournament time, a lot of that's not, especially for us, like us and Dinosaur, our paint's been great this year. Those balls are not bouncing. Real quick, so Mike. I think some. Yeah, yeah. Real, real quick. I just want to touch on that, actually, because that's such an important thing. We talk about sparring partners, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Thomas, Kim, and I, Joe, and I, we have established that relationship, you know, a year ago that, Hey, when we're at practice, I'm going to treat you with respect. You know, we're here to get better. I want you guys to do well. And I hope that you guys want us to do well until it's time for us to play each other. If you bounce me, I let you know, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, and I have established that relationship with a lot of the aftermath players. And it just makes the practice so much better because look at the end of the day, we're both there, you know, for a reason. And if you build a good rapport like that with, with good teams to practice, you're going to build a long relationship and it's going to be mutually beneficial. You know, whereas so 100%. many of these teams go out there and they're just like, they're fucking cheating. They're lying. Yeah. They're, they're, they're trifling, you know, <laughs> straight trifling. <laughs> straight trifling. Happen. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that, that's a big part of being a good sparring partner is, um, is the, the bounces because it's such a, you know, too often you see teams, they just, they run to all the fifties, they swear they're not getting bounced. And then actually it only ends up hurting themselves. Not only should you be telling the other team, but you should definitely be telling your team and your yeah. coach that you got bounced going to a certain spot. Yeah, man. We had that a lot last season with one of the teams out here. And again, you know, total friends with them. No, we're not, there's no negativity about it. The guys are running the snake, taking three hard bounces, diving the snake, come up, they're shooting GI five star, blowing us off the field. No, like practice champ. We'd yeah. go home and, you know, when you're losing sometimes, you know, you look around and you're like, man, are we really that bad? And I would look at the guys and be like, dude, trust me. They're using GI five star. We're bouncing them. There's no refs. Trust me. Come tournament time, this is going to change. And we made Sundays and they struggled to make Sundays. And that's just, you got to be real with yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think for a lot of younger teams out there, divisional up and even in the pro division, you got guys fighting for their life to stay on the field, right. For their spot on the field. And they're out there really pushing beyond the gray area into the black darkness and they're cheating like you're saying cheating their asses off and you're like man 
you know, for all three of us that have been through this for decade plus now, two decades, whatever, that we're like, oh, going to catch up to you at the event. See you there, bud. You know what I mean? But you're totally right. Like, you got to be real with it. You take, yeah, a little nick off the arm, that doesn't count. Tyler Stenner punches me in the head and the ball bounces. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm heading out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. Sure. It's well, funny that you not, said, uh, you said like, don't be the practice champ. Cause that's literally what we were just saying before we got you on the phone. Um, that, that conversation got brought up as well. And it's all about, you know, that progression and you want to, for everybody out there listening, build that type of rapport that Marcelo was talking about that he built with the aftermath players where they're building together, you know, they might not be on the same team. They're going to go heads up at the event. But but when we're training, it's team paintball. It's team us. This is about the prog- progression of the game, you know? So really try yeah. to create that atmosphere where you where you all can grow out there together. Totally. Well, because if in practice, we have, you know, we're playing against each other. We're competitive. And, you know, Heat and us have always had a good relationship. You guys don't really come out West much anymore. Dude, but I wish. Man. You have guys you have guys that you're working out hard with the analogy I use or the comparison is, you know, we're in the, we're in the gym lifting weights. You got some team that's out there cheating. It's like a 10 pound dumbbell. I can throw those things (laughs) until the cows come home. I want to be the heaviest weight that Marcelo and Tyler can try to rep. So I get the best workout with them. And if I don't win the tournament, like when dynasties won multiple tournaments now, man, I'm the first, I'm on the airplane about to take off texting Marcelo. Hey, we do in practice and congrats, man. Because if I don't win, I hope my friends do win. But that's also because all of us know we're going to be here this year and next year. And it's a long road that we're on, right? Where mm-hmm. some of these teams, I think, lose focus. And these young players lose focus that, man, if you're really a lifer in this game like we are, yeah, I want to beat you on Sunday. But if I don't, I'm not going to, you know, be yeah. an asshole and be at a point where we're not friends anymore, you know? Of all course. three of us are friends because there's a mutual respect that we know every dude in the room is about it. You know what I mean? Like Tyler, you're a monster. Marcelo, you're a monster. Like my pedigree speaks for itself or whatever that is. Right. Hell like, yeah, Mike. We, you we already know, baby. <laughs> but you know, like we all don't need to talk about ourselves. Everybody else will talk for us. You know what I mean? You're one of, of the these young kids are out there. How are they going to gain our respect being out there? Just being douchebags. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, even the aftermath kids, like Marcelo's out there putting on clinics on boys. We we actually have in our team chat a video that somebody put up, Marcelo, of you going down the Dorito side, scalping boys on our team. And we're like, you know, man, dude's a fucking monster, man. <laughs> I know what you know, you're like, talking about. <laughs> I, it's somewhere on the Dorito side, like yeah. you went coast to coast on him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah, out there, slow, do yeah. not. Do not sleep on Mike Kinman either. That fool is one of the best paintball players ever to step on the field, and he will run you over like a freight train. And not only that, but your connectivity too as a as a, a teammate, one of the best teammates you could ever ask to have on the field just because of like what you're talking about, laying it all out there for your brother or your sister right next to you. You know, Whoever is on that field with you, you are a trillion percent on board with making sure that they're successful you're successful, and I hope, I wish that uh, Heat can get out to the West Coast a little bit more and, and get some sets against, um, you know, the West Coast ball out there. We haven't been out there in a little bit, but we'll definitely be looking to get out there and get some scrims going for sure out on the West Coast. Yeah, we're always out here, you know. They got yeah. some dynasty out of standing. Uh, if we don't 
catch each other in the same bracket, we're always getting down one weekend. Mm-hmm. These are just Hell super yeah. productive practices. They're, they're some of the best practices we get. I mean, period. I, again, I think it just goes back to uh, something about that culture. Obviously, when Aftermath started, it was the same dynamic, and it's different players on both sides now, essentially. But, well, actually, no. We still got fucking Ryan, Alex. They're still there, huh? How are, yeah. <laughs> how are they still doing it? Um, but but it's, uh, it's, it's one of the best practices you can get because of that respect, because both teams want to work hard. I will say, Mike, you guys were a little slow to the gate this weekend. It wasn't, wasn't per usual. You mean talking about game plans and stuff <laughs> like that? I don't know what you guys were talking about. Methodical. Yeah. Breaking it down. <laughs> now, that, yeah. now that I got to call the plays these days, definitely uh, taking our time <laughs> to talk about what went right. Well, but then again, we have our own field. So it's not like we were really in a huge rush. Oh, dude, I'm just giving a hard time. We, we played no. so many points. Um, I just have definitely been at practices where aftermath is on the gate immediately. Um, I'm like, you know, dynasty's the, the team that you're waiting on. We're in there trying to make sure we have the perfect play this and that. Um, Mike, I, I did give, want to talk before we get off the subject. I just got to give major love to X factor paintball park as well for, for, uh, housing. They had us out there last weekend and, and great practice, great team to play against as well. Got to yeah, get heading out there this weekend with uh, X factor and infamous also. Yeah. Nice. Good times, man. Yeah. Hinge, what's Alex the... always takes care of us. Always, dude. Yeah. He's the best. Yeah, Alex, yeah, Alex Martinez is one of the best ever in the game, right? Like, totally. thank God he's still in it and still doing it because that dude, you know, is yeah. one of the realest dudes you'll ever meet in all yeah. of fame. I mean, the X Factor dudes are always good dudes too, right? Like, yep. Sure. There's a, there's something to be said about the BKIT, right? Like, solid. All the dudes from Texas are good dudes, right? Like, we have productive practices out yeah. there as well. Yeah, hundred percent. We haven't been at X Factor in a while, but uh, the hospitality out there is really good. Um, mm-hmm. Mike, curious to talk to you about uh, coaching with Aftermath. I saw David Ramirez was uh, was was he kind of took over the clipboard a little bit, um, at least on field. It, it seemed like. Do you plan on having him try to step in and and do the X's and O's, or or you plan on doing that for the team? Uh, I mean, I think it's always been a by committee thing, right? Like, right. I'm more of like my mindset is always, you know, a 50, 50 plan that everybody believes in works better than a hundred percent plan that nobody believes in. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, we all kind of know on this field what you got to do, right. You can't not put anybody on the snake. You can't not put anybody on the Dorito side. I mean, I feel like sometimes there's this, you know, we talk about coaches really comes down to players, right. Making sure we got the right guys on the field. Mm-hmm. And at some point that buzzer goes off and whatever five Tyler and, yeah, yeah, and Sam and this guy and then Fedorov, those five dudes, they know what to do. So, you know, in regards to us, it's always kind of, whether it was Jerry and myself or myself and David now, it's, you know, David is definitely helping with some of the X, but in practice also, like you said, Marcel, we played so many points. Yeah. My thing about practice is you never want to put two, and this is also for divisional teams, right? Don't put too much pressure on one point. Like if you're a young coach out there, how many points are you going to get in today? 30, 25, 30, whatever your number is, times two days if it's a double-day practice. Mm-hmm. You're looking at 60 to 80 points. I mean, Tyler Harmon, Marcelo are going to make a ton of good plays out of 80 points because they're great players. That's what they do. And I just try, we try to look at the body of work on Aftermath, right? Like not just, hey, man, Mike Mesa shot five guys one point. Nobody cares if you shot five guys one point. 
this match is going to be 10 points long. Tyler shot three guys, seven points. That's nasty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Consistency. And for us, getting, you know, getting an equal rotation for the guys we want to see. We want to see these guys in these spots. So, like, with David, it's kind of like, you know, we want to get Marcelo over on the Dorito side and Mike Arena here, whoever the player is, right? Mike Mesa, yeah. Thomas Kim. And we just want to see and we keep track of the analytics, right? And at some point, we're not really surprised at what you see, right? And the better players, the cream rises to the top. So I'm sure at the tournament, David will be out there as well with the X's and O's. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think also from a coaching standpoint, you're calling the play for your team, but you're also watching what the other team's doing, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, if we've scouted Tyler and we think Tyler's going to the snake corner every point, and all of a sudden he's in the 200 every point, Dave made it, Todd's made it, a change, right? A scout change that we never saw. Now we have to adjust at what they're doing, if that kind of makes sense. Like football, offensive of coordinators and defensive coordinators. And yeah, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, I would say with Aftermath, that five guys need to go on the field. We know that that's coming from me, but I don't need to micromanage every little thing, right? We're only as strong as our weakest link, and we all have faith and confidence that David Ramirez as well can make calls. I mean, he's a yeah, uh, three, absolutely. right? He's a back center guy. Right. He knows the he knows every job out on that field. So when he's out there calling plays, all the guys are have a ton of faith in him. So if that makes sense, it, it does, Mike. And, and you're right too. Like, uh, you know, all that work and preparation is done in the weeks leading up. You know, you I think you you what you do best is you help these players understand how to play certain scenarios or how to you know like this last weekend. Heard you multiple times stressing the importance of getting in the snake. You know, uh, even if your first player gets shot, you got to get in the snake. The second player, you got to get in the snake. You know, so philosophy on these fields is all being done in practice leading up to the event. And then, yeah, it's nice to have the X's and O's at the event, but you're absolutely right. If, if the team is prepared properly, you know, and that comes from everybody by committee for sure. If you have that type of a team, if you have experience on the team, um, then the players should know what to do, you know? Um, Cause the game happens, the game starts, you break out and those X's and O's can change very quickly. You lose one piece and everybody needs to understand more than just what those X's and O's were. If you want to be able to, to still have success. Totally. I mean, I think, you know, for me, when I talk with younger players, what's the three spots we can win on this, whatever field from right? This field, that field, whatever field. Is it uh-huh. the 50 Dorito, the 50 snake? Where's the guy that can keep an eye over the top of those guys, right? To make sure somebody doesn't run them down especially with this lay- these layouts with these big six pieces, the four wings and the two bricks in the middle of the field. Like these pieces, to make aggressive fields, it feels like the NXL has put those pieces from the 35 to the 50-yard line most times, right? They're That's in the true. middle of the field. Mm-hmm. So with that happening, you know, before, if you had isolation one-on-one on one side, but there was a second guy on the snake bed that could look back across, Tyler, Marcelo, you guys both know you had a hard time running our 200 Dorito down because that guy could cross-shoot you. It was easy. It was just wide-open lanes. Now with these big bricks that kind of like a car wash, they're big, right? We call it on aftermath getting under the tripwire. Like that is the, the level. And once somebody's head goes below that thing, by the time he pops up, he's standing in your guy's Dorito blowing his head off. And he might even stay alive doing it, right? So for us, it's like back to what Marcelo was saying, like, yeah, I think with a connected long snake in a three on three, probably going to be a good place to be is have somebody over on that snake side. Right. 
And then where else do we go? And we had some points against Dynasty where we tried not to get in this make. We're just going to go to the God in the corner and chill out. And it's like, man, not a good look, boys. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And we're just we're just, I'm standing there and I'm looking at it like if we get anybody in the snake, the analytics are we win a lot more than we don't win. The second we didn't get anybody on the snake, we never won a point. So there you have it, you know? Yeah, it's just And you're too not going to win a best of 10 in the NXL Pro not getting in the snake. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Totally. Now, and you're right with those huge bunkers, the way that they have it designed on this particular layout with them all basically up the middle, you're going to see a tremendous amount of movement of people getting under the tripwire and making it onto your opponent's side of the field, you know, and getting uh, oh, yeah. necks, backs and packs and uh, and getting some big kills out of there. Totally. And before before we had these pieces, a lot of those those big moves that came down were just body for body moves. Tyler mm-hmm. comes down, trades with Marcelo, trades with Hinman. It's just a body for a body. Now we're watching guys come through and get two and three pieces, right? The yeah. first guy, and watching the elite talent in our league, which both of you guys are, watching elite talent, you're already going to throw your first punch all day. Marcelo can run down and trade a body left and right if he wants to. But the true elite talent now is looking for two, like double jumps, right? Back to the checkers comparison yeah where's the double jump at <laughs> who can i get a two piece on because you know yeah. marcelo grew up with it, the rule of two right go get two guys off the field in a five-man game you get two off we're in a good spot and i think with all this stuff and it's not even this layout any layout we move those pieces beyond behind the 30 yard line 35 yard line backwards towards the end zone it's going to be a very slow field right when we put them up on the 35 to 50 in the middle of the field it becomes very, there's a lot of lanes to go through, right? You can play through the center of this field. You can play down the snake. You can also play down the Dorito side. Yeah, it's, it's extremely exciting. These layouts have been just crash them, bash them, you know, just heads up, go get it. And you get rewarded for the moves. Uh, it's not, it's not the same game it once was. It's definitely progressed quite a bit here. Yeah, when we saw this layout, the first thing I said on the team chat, I said, if somebody doesn't keep eyes back to the center, Blake's going to have a field day on everybody. <laughs> exactly. Literally he had, first he thing I said those. about it. Yeah, he had a few oh, of he, those too. He feasted. I think Josh had a couple good ones too. Yeah. Frank had a couple good ones. Yeah, yeah. Frank played really well on that side. He would come through that Dorito side, yeah. uh, those so those uh, wedges on the Dorito side consistently. And it just puts so much pressure on the whole team being up in the, in those spots. When I originally saw the layout, I actually didn't think it was going to be that great. You know, obviously you can never count any side of the field out because that's usually the side that will end up winning a tournament if you count it out. <laughs> but I just seeing it, I was like, oh, it's maybe going to be hard to get to not a lot of action. People are going to try to get out to the tapes after the break, but you guys did a great job of, of applying pressure in both sides of that, that center area. Um, and I think it's going to be, uh, well, obviously we were, we were shown that it's a lot more playable than I thought. Yeah, it's going to be good. I mean, I think all three sides of this field can win games, right? Yeah. Dorito yeah, side can totally. get through, dead center. You can go through the center, the different shades of the center, and then obviously the snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Speaking of the snake, um, Mike, I'm excited about the new pickup you guys have. Um, he's, a, he's a great, great individual. I want to talk to you a little bit about Zach Hogue. How do you think he did this weekend? Yeah, I think he did great, you know? I mean, that first weekend with a new team for anybody is tough, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, both you guys coach younger teams. I think when you come into a new team, you kind of tell it, especially a young guy like that, right? 
you kind of tell them, Hey man, I'm not looking for you to hit a grand slam. Just get on base. Right. Mm -hmm. Like get, get the ball in play. Let's see what you can do. And uh, I think he did well, you know, Uh, it was kind of interesting how that one all came together. Right. Like I'd never really talked to him in depth. You know, we had heard in the beginning of the season, you guys were interested in him. And obviously with our standing agreement, we have between our teams, you guys are talking about somebody we go the other direction, right? We're not going to make a play on somebody you're making a play on. And then when he turned down the deal to possibly come over to dynasty or, you know, be a practice squad guy, we all just thought, well, he's happy at blast camp, whatever happened there, which way above my pay grade, he had gone over to Revo and, uh, he reached out to us a couple of weeks ago and, you know, just thanked us for some kind words we had for him, some advice we had given him and, uh, asked, you know, if there was ever a chance and we told him, yeah, you know, definitely nice. there, you know, we didn't know where his deal with Revo was and it's really not our place. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, we didn't offer him anything, you know, but I think that happens a lot, right? Somebody makes a move and it's like, man, how much did he get paid? Yeah. I mean, dude got Chick-fil-A and he might get some Cracker Barrel at the next tournament, but that's standard. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, you know, we told him you want to get a ticket out here, grab a ticket. And he was here for practice and he was here for three of the four days and did well, right? Great young mm-hmm. player, great young, like you said, great human being. We're glad to have him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Blast Camp, that whole team has a lot of talent, right? Yeah. All yeah, those guys. Absolutely. I mean, there's a, not just him. I mean, so there's a oh, lot yeah. of dudes on that team that are really good. Mm-hmm. So he has the skills, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's just at the pro level, how do we, you know, good paper. That kid's always going to score, right? He's going to get 10, 20 points a game if this is the NBA. How do we get him to 30 or 40 points a game? How do we get a triple-double out of him, Mm -hmm. right? And that's kind of, as a coach, how I look at it. I mean, everybody on your team, Marcelo, everybody on your team, Tyler, can win all on their own. But how how do we get that? analytics up how do we get the numbers up how do we get yeah yeah more kills how do we get everybody ronnie whoever it is right even tyler how do we get tyler 50 points a game right how do we get kobe to greatness and that's for a coach that's kind of the goal so with the kid you know just working with him we definitely need another snake side guy we lost unger early in the season he retired like the week before our first practice which kind of put us in a tough spot we've been looking to fill that role uh, Cody Chong, Garrett Maxwell, both. Baldwin, Garrett Baldwin. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I keep saying that. Shout out to Garrett Maxwell, though. OG Dynasty player. Yeah. Garrett, yeah. Garrett Baldwin. He's the man. <laughs> That's so funny. Pull the Dude, I just right got to say, uh, <laughs> Mike, no, seriously, I, I love picking your brain, man. And we're, we're so grateful to have your insights here on PTG for everybody to, to tap in on because um, I'm going to start calling you metaphorical Mike even because your metaphors <laughs> are on point. You know what I'm saying? Like you got, you got the metaphor game tied up and, uh, and you just make so much sense when, when you start putting the puzzle pieces together the way that you do. And you're, you're an excellent um, owner and manager and have been in the game for a long time. So I just got to give you some nest. flowers here because we, we really appreciate you, you know, digging into the game with us here, bro. Yeah, it's what I love doing, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's, this game is unlike anything else, right? It's like the the happy place in all of our lives, getting, you know, straight up at the highest level against the greatest and not just my team, but the other teams, right? Like all of you guys, 
like, man, there's some big sharks in the water. Mm. Right. And like, mm-hmm. that kind of excites me, mm-hmm. you know, like I, you want to go hunting against something that's going to hunt you, you know, you, you raise a lot the of these of sharks it, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 100%. Big old pat on the back. <laughs> I'm just always, you know, I always say like Marcel and I talk about it. Like for me, the way I look at it is, you know, I didn't get any of these kids through the door. I just showed Marcelo a door. I'm like, Hey kid, you see that door over there? Fucking way up that hillside. It's going to be a lot of hard work, rocky, rough. There's no guardrails. <laughs> it's going to be tough. But when you get up there, you're going to, you know, look back down the hill and look at all the guys that didn't come with you and realize, you know, the, the 10,000 hours were worth it. So yeah, I'm, I'm, but I'm, Absolutely. it's cool for me, whether it's heat dynasty impact. So many of those dudes came through our camp, right? I'm just, I'm like a happy poppy. You know what I mean? I'm just like, yeah, the boys are doing good. <laughs> yeah. Some of the best I mean, times uh, ever running around, uh, you know, shout out to Cracker Barrel yeah, one time, no. you know, having some fun <laughs> with the squad, you know? And you know what's fun though is we're all still doing it. Even though we're on different teams, the love that like those of us that have been here for so long and spent all this time together, like whether Tyler's on Heat or this team or NYX or it doesn't matter, Russian Legion, it, the name doesn't matter. What matters is like these stories that nobody really knows about outside of all of us yeah. and that bond and the brotherhood that even if my brother's on a different team, that hug's about as real as it gets. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it's all about. And that's what, I mean, that's what keeps everyone coming back to paintball is, is those timeless, uh, unspoken bonds, you know, just the, the family. It really is a family. Paintball is one of the tightest families in the sports world. And it's, you know, I don't know if it's because it's such an underground sport and it's still on the come up, but people really look out for each other. And and there's just a different type of camaraderie from within this game that is truly timeless. And that's why it hooks so many people and they never, ever get out of the game once they come in because it's just too much fun. Yeah, the brotherhood, the passion, the competitiveness. It's an interesting little, uh, little mix, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's part of that bond is because it takes so much sacrifice and it's so, such a, uh, obsolete sport in comparison to other mainstream sports, you know, and, and the sacrifice that the players that do find success in this game, or even the ones that don't, but, but you know, it's, it's expensive. It's on the weekends. You give Mm -hmm. up a lot of other stuff to be at the paintball field. Right. And so I feel like that just kind of naturally creates a bond in itself, you know, cause you understand, one another a little bit better you know does that make sense yeah no 100 percent. like you said i mean i'm flying to texas this weekend fly home for two days be a dad for a couple of days get back on a plane go to philly right like it, there's a lot of sacrifices speaking of being a dad bryce is getting bigger and bigger ty like he's obviously been growing but this six last foot? weekend bryce dude he's for he's for sure six foot i think he's yeah. taller yeah is he taller the crazy part is the the he's six foot right now. I don't, okay. He's not as tall as me, but he's almost there. Okay, but, he's jacked. <laughs> I was gonna say the muscle mass he has put on is insane. Yeah, yeah. You don't like, want to mess with. Bryce. I got about a month or two <laughs> that I got to be the dad here left before it's gonna be like I better check my tone when I come in the house. You know what I mean? Well, hey, oh, shout man. out to Bryce. There we yeah, go, kiddo. That's he's what done. I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah. It was funny though, right? We're over there practicing each other. And I think I saw him in the morning, came and gave me a hug and the kiss, kiss on the cheek, went over to his field. Then the end of the day, 
we're all standing there and Bryce comes walking up looking like Mouse Jr. <laughs> and it was like, got another hug and a kiss on the cheek. And then he was gone watching him go to the gym. And I'm like, later, son. Damn, oh, man. Another cool paintball story, right? Yeah, he's bigger than Mouse was when Mouse was his age, for sure. Mouse bloomed a little later. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> Bryce is only 16 still, and he looks like he's going Dude, on 21 crazy. physically. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, Beast. Also, just for me, I, I never thought in a million years my son would be at that paintball field competing, mm. trying to be as good as he could be and would be who he is now. Yeah. Right? Like, which we talk about Dynasty. I was on Dynasty when he was born. I actually, we had him in Deuce. That's right. A couple of days early, so I didn't have to miss Chicago that year. Yeah. Man. Like, <laughs> and just to see it all come full circle, now he's out there grinding, which just tells all the other dads and family people out there, like, trust me, you got a kid coming into this world or you got a young kid, give it another five, 10, Tyler, 10, yeah. you know, watch, just watch. I know I, I do. I'm so, uh, man, I want to pick your brand on like what that experience is like. Um, you know, like you just said, you were on dynasty when he was born. Now he's out there running around having the time of his life, you know, being able to not only, you know, get the, his health exercise, but be part of a community, a tribe and go run people over with his boys and, and his squad. So, What's that all been like, uh, watching that just completely come full circle like that? I mean, the word you use is pride, right? Like, you're so, as a dad, you're just always proud of your kids, right? I yeah. would hope, right? Of Even course. when your kids make mistakes, you kind of sit back, smile, and think, well, kid ain't done half the dumb shit I've done. So, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm super proud of him. First WC, he, uh, he gets into three one-on-ones that he won. And one of them, with a partially torn groin, was like Oof. to get into the quarter or semi, whatever finals it was, Ocho finals. And I'm just sitting there as a dad, like, fuck, if he loses this one-on-one, he's going to eat himself alive. Like, he is the roughest on himself, and he won it. And I'm like, I think he won three one-on-ones that tournament. There so we it's, go. It's been awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. been awesome. And Dude. Yeah, I mean, you're just proud. You And it's cool because, like we said a little bit ago, we all spend so much time away from our families, you know? Like, it's cool to get, you like Tyler, if a family can come to a tournament or World Cup because Disney's there or something like that. You know, like Thomas Taylor's family travels with him a lot. But we still aren't with our families the whole time. We're alone a lot. You know, and it's how cool is it to be able to have your kid with you at a paintball tournament. And then on top of that, your kid's sitting there in every team meeting pointing out things that need to go down. And you're like, man, he's not just some kid. He's yeah. legitimately a tough little human being, you know? So, yeah, yeah, man, as a dad, I, I could not ask for anything more in a mm-hmm. son than I have in my oldest son. And even my youngest son that pits with you guys, Tyler. Colin, he's the man. He's about the coolest. <laughs> he's the coolest little kid, too. You know what I mean? Yes, Colin, my OG. Colin is the best, dude. Huge he's running. Fan. Yeah, he's always... <laughs> And he'll let the uh, aftermath players know too. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he'll pull up on him and let them know. Oh, that's quick. hilarious. <laughs> that's so funny. even no, like it Ma- definitely happened. Yeah, and Mike, uh, he'll he's like, yeah, I'll see you later, Dad. Go and help Heat. You know, see you later, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's another story, right? Like we're at the yeah. first practice last season at X Factor. Sarge is looking for some kids at the field to pick up odds. He offers to pay these kids. All yeah. these kids are looking at him like he's offering them candy out of a stalker van. And Sarge can't find any kids that'll run pods. He walks up to my son, 
not realizing it's my son. <laughs> yeah. Offers him some money. Colin is all about Hustler. his bread and yeah. is like, yeah, I'm going to run pods. <laughs> Runs pods for him. So in between sets, I'm sitting there with my arm around my son talking to him. And uh, Sarge rolls up on me and he's like, hey, don't try to take my pod guy. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you mean my son? And the look on Sarge's face, and we all know Sarge to be one of the most honorable dudes there is, right? Of like course. he's legit yeah. one of the greatest dudes in paintball. Yes. But the look on his face was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> right? And like, I, and I'm, I'm reading Sarge's expression and I'm thinking to myself, like, what? Like, you're paying the dude money. I mean, I only bought him a first class ticket out here. You're paying him. <laughs> You know, and like Sarge was super good, and all the heat guys that were there were super good to Colin and invited him to come back as a dad. Man, go make your own path. You ain't got to walk one minute in my shoes. In my shoes, go take your own path in the game. So, well, on a side note, we will be at a random dinner. My Bryce, Colin, my two kids, and myself, and the trash talk that comes out of Bryce about Colin being a <laughs> finger quote race trader and going to Houston Heat. <laughs> Is just never ending. Like, dude, Colin is uh, Colin, Colin is the best. Heat shirt like every other day. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so and his work ethic too. The kid is working hard, and he's like, um, just the kindest, most respectful, uh, awesome young man ever. And we're honored to have him as part of the Heat Squad. So, Colin, if you dude, listen he, to this, he we literally love you, ran the he ran two paint trucks at the WC. Yeah, wow, dude, and no I way. Mean, we, probably sold let's just say over 60,000 pounds of paint and at 12 years old he handed every one of those cases out of that truck no way what yeah, a legend so, let's go i'm not surprised let's go, Listen, man. yeah dad tip is. number 352 <laughs> work ethic is not born in us it's instilled in us mm. yeah it's true very true, man. Yeah, it's it's a shame you don't see it as much anymore. You really don't. It, it makes coaching some of these uh, some of these newer players a little difficult because I can tell right away sometimes. You know, when players show up to the field, it's you just don't have the right mindset or the right work ethic, and it, it's a shame. You know, a lot of it is is from the upbringing. You know, you can tell when when players have just had everything handed to them, or when an individual has just had everything handed to them. You know, they haven't had to really earn anything. You know, and you can see it so much in paintball because. As soon as you start having adversity in paintball, it's a frustrating game when you lose, when you get shot, when you make mistakes, kind of hurts. You know, it, it gives you an immediate, you know, response. Like you, you're punished for your mistake immediately and you, you have to confront it immediately as well. And you, it really brings uh, the worst out in some of these, these players that, that aren't willing to work and, and just want it easy. You know, you can, you can see it right away. Now you're totally right, which is why I think we don't retain a lot of these players. Yeah, you know, like NXL, for instance, they'll be what D five, four, three, two, semi pro, pro, six yeah. X ball divisions, so there'll be six winners. But if there's 120, 130 teams, that's 124 teams that won't win, yeah. and a lot of people cannot handle not winning, right? And part of the road to winning is learning how to lose, right? Like you have mm-hmm. to internalize it. You can't. Man, I, I say this three notes because I run a league and I hear people cry about the refs. And maybe some of it is justified 100%. But I can't think of one time I've ever come home from an NXL with any call that I've gotten and blamed it all on the refs. Yep, refs got us. Like, I feel like in paintball, it's almost like the movie Shawshank Redemption. They're all sitting around talking like, what did you do? And Andy Dufresne says, well, I did this, that, and that. 
And the rest of them are like, nah, we all got screwed by our lawyers. We're all innocent. Like everybody in paintball just points a finger at the ref. It's always the ref. No, it's you, bud. It does happen a lot. We, yeah. We play a format that you have a ton of reps to be able to prove that you're a better team. One bad call is not the end of it. If you are that good of a team, over like rise above. But this day and age, these young players that you're talking about and the lack of work ethic, they just got to blame somebody else. And Absolutely. you know what they say, when you point a finger at somebody, there's always three more pointing right back at you. And that's the yeah. truth. You've got to internalize it and just go back to work and be work harder. But this day and age, if somebody can't win in a couple events, team breaks up, everybody leaves, think the grass is greener on the other side. Not. I mean, look like the Latin Saints team. I'm not talking about the players. That team took second place in Florida. You think of that if Diego, which is a whole nother can of worms, if he could have kept that team together until Florida year two, that second place is a first place. Oh, yeah. Right? Because it just takes time. Like, you know, Tyler went to Heat. Was it the first event, Tyler, you guys won? But after that, there's a learning curve to it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it, it just takes time where you can look at the guy next to you and be like, Ah, oh, fuck. Hinman's about to do some dumb shit. Better take off. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and dude, you I love what you said. It really does. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The, uh, the excuses and the blaming and all of the finger pointing is only going to hold you prisoner of mediocrity. You're, you'll, never, you'll never be great if you blame others and make excuses. You know, there's never been a time in my career. I've played a lot of paintball. Yeah, there's been some calls that got my way. Maybe some that haven't. But I'm never going to sit back and say, we lost because of this one moment. You should play so damn good. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. You should play so good that a ref could make three questionable calls and you still win. You know, if if you're that good, then you got to put it on your shoulders and really, you know, you got to wear, you got to wear it. You got to, um, you got to have responsibility. That's what it comes yeah. down to. I, I I just hate the whole blaming the refs thing in the first place because you watch the NBA. You watch the NBA finals right now. There's mistakes that the refs there make. The refs are going to make Whoa. mistakes, period. One, and paintball is an incredibly difficult sport to ref. I've refed. I've refed for your league, Mike, you know, a long time ago. And totally. as a professional with tons of experience, it was it was hard. I missed calls. It's you know, hard. Things would happen, and I'm like, I'm like, uh, that's a trade. Both of you get out, please. You know. Um, funny enough, this last WCPPL, there was a, you know, air quotes, controversial call, Mike, you were, you were there. And I would have maybe argued that, that we should have got the point, but I understood, you know what? I, I get it. This is probably the most fair way forward. And I can tell that a lot of coaches or other teams would have just continued to yell and say, no, this is BS. Yada, yada. That does no good. And you're removing, you're, you're, you're being weak, right? So look, the call's made. Go back to your team and find a way to win the next point. Move on. Get over whatever it is that you think is someone else's fault. Well, you got to transmute that energy. You can fucking yeah. focus on. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And I see. You know, I, I watched it. I, I see you. You know, Mike. You you are so involved with your league. You know, you're walking back and forth. You know, you're making sure that everything is being run well. You're checking in on everybody. And I see some of these other teams start to argue with you about certain stuff. I'm like one the call's not getting changed. You're <laughs> so you're you're now distracting yourself, you're distracting your team, you're distracting your whole organization from the actual objective, right? Mm-hmm. Because you you're like, 
you don't believe in yourself. You don't believe that you're going to go win the next point. You feel like you needed that one. I don't know what it is exactly, but it's just a waste of time is what it is. You know, and so 100%. in any of the teams that sit there and argue with refs in any of the the leagues that I play in or or teams that I coach, that's like one of the first rules is don't you dare. Don't argue with the refs. Leave it up to me. I'll make my case. If the ref disagrees, then the ref disagrees and and that's it. We move on. Period. Yeah. You know, like accept it and move on. And and there's no if, ands, or buts about that. You know, and honestly, there's no doubt in my mind that if I would have, if I would have shown that I was concerned about that call, the team probably wouldn't have went and won that overtime point, you know, because it brings the 100%. Whole, yeah, you know, you, you got the mindset. Yeah, totally. And you know, another tough one for the sport of paintball and people really, it's interesting when a player comes out and rests one of our WCs because they always are done at paid, you know, Sunday night when we're paying everybody out. They're like, man, it's changed my whole perspective. <laughs> and like yeah. one way I look at it now, like, man, when we're at a paintball tournament, that ain't a paintball tournament. It's a fucking prison. And every player out there is a convict trying to get over on those referees. And I'm <laughs> serious, man. It sounds bad, but it's the real truth. Like, guys are out there. Name one player that's never cheated. I stand correct. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everybody's out there to cheat. But the difference is, and, you know, it's happened to all three of us where some we've lived in the gray area. Let's just put it like that, right? But at the end of it, if I got caught cheating or didn't whatever, I can own it. The crazy part is these days, these players cheat and can't even own the fact that they're out there cheating. They come out and like, you know, they've already wiped the two hits off. They go to the coach. They're like, I don't know what he called me on. And you're (laughs) like, bro, stop. Just stop. Oh, man. I know. I I actually had uh, this same exact experience that you're talking about um, recently happen. and. I'm not going to put anybody on blast pro player. And they're trying to lie to me, <laughs> lie to me in my face, bro. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't with you. I'm out of yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. And for the record, that was not me. Cause I will <laughs> no. never lie. I'm not like, yeah. because you know what the word is that we're all looking for is accountability. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We have to have accountability in uh-huh. paintball. Like, you know, and that way you can learn from it. But if you're always deflecting blame, you know, oh, yeah, Marcelo, that was a horrible call. Tyler, oh, that mm-hmm. ref was trying to screw me. No, man, mm-hmm. you're screwing yourself. Yeah. You ain't put the mm-hmm. time in. And yeah. it's something that Marcelo said earlier in this. If you put the time in and practice, if you go 110% in practice, by the time you get to the tournament, that's muscle memory, right? Like, that's legit. Your body understands playing at a high level. But if yes. you've been out in practice cheating, Showing up at nine, getting out by twelve. You ain't put the time in. Straight Wait, up. you just think you're gonna be fucking miraculously gifted a win? Straight like, up. It's not how it works. You know, you got right. you have to be the first one to show up, the last one to leave, and the man that put the most energy and effort into this game to even have a chance to win on Sunday. Yeah. Hmm. Truest 100%. words. Yep. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, that's the same thing I, I say to uh, any of the teams that I coach, Mike, and you know, I probably got a lot of this from you, but it's when you're at the event, if you're worried about like, obviously you do learn throughout events, you, that things change a little bit and you're, you're learning, you're learning about the other team. I, I get all that. But if you're like trying to learn monumental things about the field, or if you're there trying to fix your snap shooting, or you're not ready to win. All the work has been done in the weeks leading up to the event. 
right? You're supposed to show up and execute, not show up and try to catch up or, you know, like the night before trying to remember all your codes or the morning of trying to remember codes. All of that stuff has got to be done in the weeks leading up to an event. Otherwise, just don't even go. Why waste the money? Yeah, that's mustard and relish. Why, 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 why waste the money? Yeah. You know? No, you got to put the time in, man. But yeah. this day and age, yeah. a lot of people don't want to put that in. And, yeah. you know, when you see, you hear the, the videos on what Kobe Bryant would do, or you see Marcelo out there, or you see Mouse out there every weekend putting in the time, you young kids, you better find some Wednesdays on top of Saturday and Sunday to try to beat these dudes. Because if you put in less time than them, only thing you're doing is getting your lunch ate by these dudes. Hundred percent. You know, Mike, it's crazy. I see that even some of the kids that I really believe in, the kids that I really believe in that I've been working with quite a bit, I see them taking some weekends off. You know, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm going with my friends this weekend to to so and so place because I never get to do." You know, I'm like, "Wait, what? You're not practicing just because we don't have like a team practice, or you're not out here doing this, or you're not." You're not going to be out playing. It doesn't compute to me because we, <laughs> that wasn't a thing for us growing up. You know, that wasn't a thing for me, Mouse, Tyler, you know, none of us that, that came up in that era every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, you're at the field for sure. If there was a Wednesday night on the yeah. gravel, we're going yep. to adrenaline. If they, <laughs> like whenever we could play, we were playing and it's just kind of the norm across the board, which is crazy. Cause you're right, Mike, how the hell are you going to catch up to any of us? You know, you're going to have to wait until we all retire. That's why that's why Go Sports ain't putting out move alerts about half these kids. And oh, I see some yeah. of these dudes that are on pro teams say, you know, I wasn't cool enough to get a move alert. <laughs> Bruh, you ain't put the time in, my guy. Like, who the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you? And I know that sounds really arrogant for those of us that have been around and won world championships. But you're like, man, I'm putting the time in. It's 115 out. I'm out at the field. Where are you at, kid? Oh, you're at a rave this weekend. Oh, cool, bro. Awesome. Yeah. And that's why all of you guys will continue to be the cream of the crop until you retire. And then when you do, we're going to take pro paintball back to like D1 below semi-pro level and have to rebuild it up because a lot of these kids just don't have the grit that the dudes that 10 years ago had. And maybe it's just our society changing, right? Like you just, everybody wants something for nothing. There's no self-sacrifice. Man, when I got on Dynasty, I built Aftermath to have somebody to play against because I knew I wasn't good enough to stay on that team if I didn't put 10,000 more hours in. But this day and age, everybody, you know, what do you got for me? Free. Mm -hmm. You going to pay me? No. Stop. Let's not even talk about getting paid. Mm. Everybody thought when the Saints came out this year, all this money was going to be real. All six of them dudes re-signed with new teams after leaving the Saints for less money combined than one of them should have got from the Saints. There ain't going to be no money at the end of this this rainbow, kids. Ain't no pot of gold and a leprechaun over there unless you're the <laughs> hardest working dude there is. Yeah, we talked Straight about up. this last weekend, Mike. <clears throat> There's definitely money to be made in paintball as a professional paintball player, but it's not what some of these kids think. Not yet, at least, you know, who knows, who knows if it will. Um, but you have got to bust your butt. You got to be valuable to your sponsors. You have to be a good brand yourself. You've got to teach clinics. You have to be creative in, you know, your own merchandise or whatever the case is, you have to treat paintball like a business, right? You, uh, you can't just expect to get a paycheck for being good at the game. It, that's, we're not there. 
We're not there. Period. No, but the key word in there is work, right? Every these kids out there think that there's something for free. That like nothing good in life is free. Nothing vested, nothing gained. Right? Mm-hmm. You got to put the time in. You got to work. You're right. Marcelo does good for Marcelo does good for himself. Ryan does good for himself. Tyler does good for himself. These dudes are coaching teams at WC. These dudes are putting the time in, right? And it's not like anybody's going to make the six figures, but I mean, you can make a living here, but you are going to have to be the one percenter, right? Like, yeah, totally. You're going to have to put in some serious time. You're going to have to be flying everywhere when you get an offer to really make it happen. And if you just think, man, the check should be here in the mail. Somebody's going to pay me a hundred grand to sit around. Yeah. Okay. And then when, if, if, and when you do go pro, you've only just begun you, that, that, that doesn't mean that, you know, yeah, the, like you're saying the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and all this thing, you need to just kind of go base level and get real humble. That's what you need to do. And as soon as you get into the pros and, and work harder, like we're talking about, do three, three times a week where you're training, you know, you have to be in the gym um, all throughout the week. You have to be watching film. You have to really apply yourself because the amount of time and effort that has been put into this game by the the top players in the world is going to be really hard to get that much experience unless you're really, really gritting and grinding and giving everything you have to every second of every day in every way that you possibly can to apply yourself to paintball. N- nutritional, mental, uh, muscle memory, going out, doing reps, everything, all of it has to be applied. Well, it's like this, right? I told that, and Marcelo brought him up earlier, Zach Hogue, right? We picked him up. Marcelo also saw we have two other young guys that are practice squad guys for us right now, young snake guys. And I said, listen, it's been 10,000 hours, Zach, for you to get to where you're at right now. Congrats. Happy for you, bud. Now let's check this out. It's another 10,000 hours to stay here. And it's, a hundred percent to be a, a real pro in this one. If you want to be a pro paintball player, this is what a pro play paintball player really is. You're going to get on your first pro team. Congrats. You made it, bud. Checked in the mail, but check this out. When you get cut or that team breaks up, does anybody call? And if nobody calls, you were never really pro. You were just somebody took a chance on you. That's all you really were. Dynasty, Houston Heat. Let's just say, not that it will ever happen. Dynasty's never going away. I'm pretty sure they're going to outlive me. But if Dynasty breaks up right now, every dude on that team most likely is getting a phone call from another pro team. Ryan Greenspan would probably get a phone call from all other 19 teams. That's a pro player. If nobody calls you, you're not worth shit, dude. Sorry. And it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, like, up. those moments are going to be gut-wrenching, but those are the ones that will build you. Those are the most important moments in your whole life is when the shit hits the fan, how do you react? How do you create your new reality? You know, we, we saw where you're right, you but were. also what did you put in before then? Where di- like, let's just use my team for that matter. If I said tomorrow, it's done. Who's, who, what are my guys? Joe, Joe Barrett on some team, no doubt. Mike Mesa, no doubt gets a look at from some teams, right? Thomas Kim, Josh Hallberg, right? Those dudes all get looks from teams. But if you're one of them younger dudes on my team, probably nobody's going to give a call to. Then you got to go look in the mirror and say to yourself, 
I got to step my work ethic up now. I need to be out here an hour. I need to be full sweat by the time Marcelo shows up to the field. Two practice squad kids I got, right? Men. They're both grown men. But they're little short people, so I call them kids. <laughs> but one of them was at the field running drills on the field by himself before 8 o'clock in the morning. The other one showed up at 9 o'clock on Sunday. The one that was running drills got more reps than the one that showed up at 9 o'clock. Just what it is, man. And if that kid that shows up at 8 o'clock is there every single weekend, 52 weeks out of the year, and Marcelo comes out twice the rest of the year just to do drills with some of our guys, and that kid's full tilt sweat, shot targets up, and Marcelo's like, this fucking kid's got some heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got that grit that Marcelo's talking about a lot of young guys don't have. Now he's planted a seed for free. It was free to plant that seed. It only cost him yes. some time. But a lot of these kids these days don't want to do that. They don't want to be pushing Marcelo. Hey, man, where the fuck you at? It's 8 o'clock. Marcelo's like 30 minutes away. Where are you at? Sends a pitcher from the field. All right, then. Bet. Mm-hmm. You want to raise the bar? Let's raise it. But these kids really don't want to do that. And, you know, we talk about aftermath. Marcelo, you know firsthand, and so do you, Tyler. I don't really look like Tristan. Like you really think Tristan was what the prototypical player? Nah, he was just a typical some bitch at the local field. So we picked him up. Figured we could make something out of that. I love That's Tristan. That's how so you got to be. You got to be the totally. Yeah. You got to be that dude, right? You got to be the toughest dude out there. That's yeah. putting in the time. That's not taking the weekends off. Hey, it's Christmas. Yeah. Where you at, Marcelo? Oh, you're with the family. Oh, you're taking the weekend off. Yeah, whatever, dude. Cool. <laughs> You know what I mean? But these kids just don't have it. And us pro guys keep pushing it. And it's like we're speaking Swahili to them. You know what I mean? You just don't hear us. Oh, yeah, man. it's one of the most important things I look for when, when I'm, when I, you know, some of the younger kids. And it's been such an amazing transition of mine is to be able to kind of do in, in a much smaller scale things that you did for me uh, growing up. But these kids, it's their mindset is everything. And I've seen it from trial or error, like kids that I did believe in. I realized early on I was missing something about their mindset. And, you know, those those players aren't still playing. But the ones that have had the right mindset are are doing really well right now. And they're on the path. And and it's just you can you can teach them how to play the game. You could teach them fundamentals. Can't really teach mindset unless you have a kid from birth. <laughs> that comes from their, you know, how they're raised, what they've been through, you know, what kind of, you know, you know, things their 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 parents have taught them essentially. And so you you can't take a kid that you get as a coach and teach them mindset. You can maybe help and, and you know uh, assist it along the way, but they have to have that kind of that kind of grit and that gumption from something else, some you know something that you, in their upbringing. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. I do, firsthand. And that's what I look for. Yeah. And a lot of these, like you're saying, a lot of these kids, I mean, and I think the reason the three of us are talking about it and for lack of a term, harping on it right now is because we all know it is very possible for every single person listening to this podcast, man, woman, or child, to be a pro paintball player. You just have to, it's got to be a priority. You have to be dedicated. And, you know, we're giving you the blueprint. Mm-hmm. The blueprint is here. You have to, you know, outwork everybody there is to get to where you need to go to. And if you're willing to do that, next stop the top. Yep, straight to the moon. Just got to put in that But in if that you're work. not willing to outwork everybody, yeah. take a fucking seat, mate. Go fill <laughs> pods for these guys. Yeah. <laughs> straight up. About as close to that pit as you ever really going to get. 
And, you know, mm-hmm. for me, I was never an athlete, right? I was an offensive lineman in high school, right? I wasn't, I thought I was a quarterback. They're like, Hey, Hidman, you're a guard. Okay, cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like in this sport, you can be the quarterback, you can be yeah. the linebacker, you can be the guy, but it just comes down to wanting to put the time in. Yeah. And, you know, you're gut. Listen, we all in this sport have that moment where we lay down at night. We're like, what in the fuck am I doing? Like, is this really what I want? And like you're saying, myself, that's when you got to push through, right? But that's life. Totally. That job's going to get hard. Your, your marriage is going to get hard. Your relationship with your friends is going to get hard. But like, you know, and Marcelo and I have been through some ups and downs in our, in our brotherhood, right? We've oh. been times where he didn't understand me and I didn't understand him. But at the end of the day, you have to be committed to the process and be like, hey, man, I don't fucking agree with what you're saying, kid. But at the end of the day, I'm going to give you a big hug. You know what I mean? And you just push <laughs> through the shit. Yep. 100%. It's true, though, right? Like, oh, you have to push through. Yeah. yeah. And you yes. see these young kids at the field, man. They're smoking weed. They're drinking beers. What in the fuck are you doing? Yes. Yeah, that was that was never a that was never a prerequisite when I was coming up. Like I, you know, as like when we showed up to do paintball training, it was it was cutthroat. It was serious business, and um, I I really hope that we can you know keep it business minded like we've been talking about throughout the entirety of this episode. Because when you treat it that way, you're going to really reap the benefits as well. And you know, maybe um, the reality that you're seeing won't be so quote unquote cloudy. You know, maybe you will be able to cut through that and really have some supreme clarity and be able to transcend the moments that you're experiencing that that are not aligned with where you want to be, you know, but we got to really take it extremely professionally and and really push it in the right direction. Which is where, like Marcelo brought up a little bit ago, the kid that we got Zach, he had said with some of the teams he had been on, you know, they had a tough tournament in Texas, whatever. And dudes want to go have dinner and just talk about other things. And he's like, man, I want to be figuring out how we're losing. I want to be at the field on Sunday. Like, listen, if you don't make the cut on Sunday at the NXL and you're not at the field, you ain't about this life, man. If you went out Saturday night partying because you didn't make it in on Sunday, I don't care if you're in Division 5. You got something fucked up with your bub. Like, you need to be at the field sitting there. Oh, there's Dynasty. There's Heat. But look at that look in Tyler's eyes. Man, why, why ain't Marcelo saying what up to me right now? Because he's clocked in, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like, Tyler, you run by me. You know, Marcelo don't say what up to me. I don't take that shit personal on Sunday. On Monday, I'm going to slap both of you motherfuckers. <laughs> but on Sunday, because you're sitting there, and if you don't understand it, 100%. at least, observe it and try to emulate it, right? Try yeah. to copy what they're doing. Because I listen, I'll tell everybody out there, I've seen the look in Tyler's eyes. I'm a pretty serious fucking dude myself. But that look in Tyler's eyes, I stay away from it, right? <laughs> that look in Marcelo's eyes, I, listen, I ain't afraid of nobody out here. But I recognize and I respect the fucking hunger inside of them, dude. In mouths, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, mouse acts like a little sissy law sometimes and can't pick up a phone. But at the end of the day, I recognize the 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 hunger in his eyes and I respect it. Right, I really do. Yeah. I'm like, man, these kids mm-hmm. that I grew that you know, you guys were all younger than me. I was kind of like the bigger brother, but I see it in yeah. you guys, and I'm like, man, I'm so proud of you guys. Like you're Damn. truly pushing the envelope in this sport. 
Well, it's reciprocated, it, Mike. It Mike. Means a lot. Yeah, yeah we love you, man. Everything you've done in the game and like, continue Marcello, to do. You know what I'm talking about. You played with Tyler, mm-hmm. but even playing against him now that he's where he's at, you see that look in his eyes. Oh, yeah. And again, not yeah. saying we're running from it. Yeah. I might run towards it because I want, yeah. I want a little shot at that title. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's that's that intangible that we're talking about at the top division that you should all out there want to get to is when you see the look in Tyler's eyes and you're like, yeah, I'll be your huckleberry. <laughs> right, buddy. Let's go, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Even when Tyler's on your team and you see that look, you, you're not sure if you should, <laughs> you should stay away or not. <laughs> I know, uh, dude. I saw it at an event. I thought it an event in the last year with Tyler. I'm not going to say which one it is because it might be kind of obvious. But I gave him a hug and he gave me a hug, but he had the thousand yard stare on. And I know that if I saw Tyler in 50 years at a random airport, there would be a mutual love and respect between two men, 100%. But in that moment, he was clocked in. And it was mm-hmm. one of the coolest things I had ever seen because I knew he was in the zone. Mm-hmm. Right? This has nothing to do with anything else. You could have given that dude a million dollars right there, a million dollar check, big check, at the Gilmore check. And it wouldn't have changed where Tyler's eyes were, right? He was living in that moment. He left it all out there. And I was like, man, respect, brother. You know what I mean? Like, that's me talking as a man. Like, it, it still sticks with me to this day. I'm working and I'm thinking about it. Right? And I'm like, dude, motherfucker's real, dude. Let's light it up. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I know Man, what he's talking game. about too. Damn it! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's the best game. No, it really it is. is. What, it is yeah. what it is at the top. Yeah, There's a up. bunch of big bad boys up there that can handle business. You know what I mean? And it's just every two proteins that line up is like two trains on a track going at each other, and one of them going off the track. Right? Somebody's got to lose this game, and it's it's fun. That's that's why we come out every event. And keep doing this year after year. 100%. It's the most fulfilling. Yeah, it, it truly is. And, uh, you know, every tournament is timeless. Each one of them is unique. Each one has their moments. And and these really, you know, standalone, just moments in time that, that never evaporate. And they stick with you forever. And each tournament has those. And that's why everybody continues to step back out in between those nets and throw these gelatin capsules back and forth at each other. Because it just creates some of the best memories that you'll ever have in your whole entire life, straight up. Well, because for everybody out there that's either playing right now or maybe is taking a break, listen, nobody quits paintball. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just take long breaks. You just <laughs> take long breaks. And maybe you're on a break right now. But what brings yeah. us all back to this sport is that raw passion that we all have for the game, right? Like that passion, it's second to none. I mean, I listen. I'm a dad first and foremost, but the passion in this game, and now that my sons are both in it, dude. Everything. Oh, that's epic. Yeah. <laughs> that's Check. everything. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But I mean, Tyler, you've had it before. Marcelo, you've had it with your family. That's why we do this, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Out. Best family sport to me. It really is. Yep. You know, it's, uh, I know all of us here have, have similar stories with, uh, the, the bond it created with our, with our father. And now you're both your kids. And, you know, one day, if that day comes where I have my own kids, my little groms, I'm sure they will be playing paintball too. Yeah. 
bet on it. It will happen. Bet. <laughs> Inge, one more thing to talk to you about on my, on my end before we let you go here. But, uh, you know, aftermath, Sunday morning, lost to NRG at the last event. Yep. What, what do you think the team needs to do to get over the hump and, and win an event? We needed to lose. Yeah, fair enough. We needed to get slapped in the mouth, right? Because mm-hmm. I think what happens is, you know, we took, what, fourth place? We lost to you guys. You went on to win, which big ups for that. Like that moment, you know, for, well, we've been, the core of our team mainly has been together for over a year now, mm-hmm. our sixth event. You know, Mesa was new. We had some new faces on the team in Florida. And we got fourth place, which is a blessing and a curse, right? It was great to be in top four. Bill not as good as winning. Good job. But for us, we got there. And I, I think young teams think, well, if we just show up like we did in Florida, we're going to be fourth place, right? Yeah. Not worse. Mm-hmm. We don't even got to open our eyes and get out of bed. We're going to be fourth place. And it was good for us to go to Texas and get slapped because it wasn't just one guy playing bad. It was everybody playing bad. Like it wasn't like one of our guys was just on fire. Yeah. We all struggled. Mm-hmm. And it was Energy Elite beat us twice, to be quite honest. And, you know, both, there were what, one, two point games or whatever. And we had multiple points. We were on their side of the field and just threw it away. But it was good, man. We needed that. And I mean, to be honest, Sunday morning, our scout was spot on. Everything they did, we knew what they were going to do. And we still couldn't stop it. So I think that was some of the youth and, you know, the process. It takes two seasons to build good teams, in my opinion. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, unless you go spend a half a million dollars in salary on guys that have already played together, but you're still buying half an impact at that point, right? Totally. Like, it just takes time. And that's for the divisional teams, too. you got to keep 75 80% of your core intact from season to season. Yeah, player two is one thing. But if you have, you know, 50% turnover, you're not going to ever have the same team as you would have. If you, you take a 50-50 team and keep them together for two seasons, you'll do much better by the end of the second season than you did your first event, first season. Just it's guaranteed. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You build that cohesion and that's what we needed, right? Like we needed that and we needed that long flight home. We've all been on that flight. I mean, Marcelo, Texas, you guys didn't make Sunday. Totally. You need that because either one, you're that divisional team that blames it on the ref because of course it's the ref's fault. Or you're Marcelo and you look at your whole team and you're like, yo, are we going to take practice like it's serious? Are we going to show up to these events to win? Right? And I I think sometimes you need, the same with you, Tyler, right? Like, he had some tough events last season where you guys didn't win or weren't top four. And you have to go back to practice and take that high-powered finger and turn it back around on yourself. Yeah, that's right. Be accountable. That's my opinion, you know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And it was, we needed that. We we needed to take a look. And Joe Barrett and Josh and everybody had to take a look inside. And I was super happy. I mean, immediately the, that day or the next day, everybody's in the team chat talking about the, the responsibility they put on themselves. This wasn't, you know, ah, Marcelo cheated me or this guy cheated. No, it was like, no, they beat us. And we got beat. And energy had beat us. And we have to get better than that. Ownership. So, ownership. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, kind of hard not that. to have that on this team, right? It's yeah. Demanded, sure. but it really is part of the process. And I cannot stress that enough to the younger teams out there. 
Dude, I was on the Bushwhackers the year before Seven Man came out with the Ron Kilborn team. We all love Ron. Five events, we did not make Sunday. Two of the events, we missed it in 10 man by one point, which Damn. back then there was 800 points possible for yeah. tournament. Right? <laughs> we didn't make it Sunday one time in the amateur division. The next season, Seven Man starts and Ron Kilborn comes to us and goes, we're going to go pro. I'm like, Ron, you, you notice last season we got our teeth kicked down our throat? We're going to go pro now? <laughs> now we got the same team and, you know, we go to Huntington Beach in the sand and we get fourth place in the pro division. And it just, it takes time, right? Sometimes those, if you can take the down days and turn them around and focus on that and improve on that, it will lead to better days. But if, yeah. you know, you run from the bad days, you're going to have a long life of running, right? Yeah, you got to embrace it. Embrace that hard times because that's what's going to build you. Embrace the suck. Embrace it, man. Yeah. Right? Like, that's it, dude. So I think, you know, to answer your question and go straight at it, Marcelo, we had to get slapped up a little bit and it was okay. You know, there, but yeah. if you're standing there, there was no yelling and screaming. Mm -hmm. There was no finger pointing. We knew what we did. We went back. Hopefully we fixed it. I mean, Marcelo, you saw us this weekend. I think both days were pretty close to 50-50 back and forth. Yeah, totally. No, right. you guys you guys look sharp. Absolutely. I was talking about that before yeah. we got on the on the show, how good you guys looked. Yeah. So yeah, in, hopefully man. we have and if but another thing to be said, listen, we want to win the tournament, and so does Heat and so does Dynasty, and so does all twenty teams in the pro division. But I will tell you one thing win, lose, or draw, we're gonna enjoy the journey. Right? Mm -hmm. Like we're gonna go to Philadelphia. Try not to get shot in the city. Go outside the city. Hit a Cracker Barrel up. Hit a Wawa up. Go have fun with our friends. And, you know, like the saying says, do some hood rat shit with our friends. There we go. <laughs> Shout out to Wawa one time. Yeah, Wawa. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. But that's, that's an important part that I think a lot of these younger teams, too, forget. There's so much stress on winning and money, yeah, right? Because right. it is expensive. But, like, go do something fun. Like, go yeah, find yes. something fun to do, yeah. whatever your fun is. But, man, a baseball game, a concert, whatever. Like, I'll tell you right now, like, my son Colin is always looking for when, like, Slipknot or Lamb of God is playing and any hey. place there's a tournament. Because <laughs> I promise you, we will be making a pit stop for a heavy metal show <laughs> anytime that there's one in town with us. Yeah, that's You great. know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, look for other things to do outside of paintball that you can afford to do that you can have some fun because those memories are super important. Mm -hmm. So for us on Aftermath, yeah, we're here to win 100%. And we will be very committed to the process. But also, we're going to go get some Cracker Barrel. We're going to have some fun. And we might even get into a car war food fight. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Colin was a young rocker. Let's go. Oh, oh. He's into all kinds of concerts. Dude, yeah, that's my dude. man. I can't wait to see Colin soon. We're going to be out on the East Coast here shortly. And before I let you go, Mike, this is actually from our PTG World uh, Discord chat room. Um, Zinger565 was wondering, your favorite pre-2010 marker uh, or any old school trend you would like to see return, like stylistically? Well, I mean, you can't go wrong with sock hats, right? I know Mingo's been <laughs> rocking one on, uh, yep. <laughs> on the Kings, but uh, you definitely can't go wrong with that. Uh, I think one of the uh, damage guys had a bounce cap on one of those neoprene flip hats that would bounce them off your forehead. Those were good. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, pre-2010 guns, you know, 
you got to put an asterisk by those, like we all know, because a lot of those guns that were really fun to shoot were nothing close to legal in today's standards. Mm. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. not. They definitely were not. <laughs> so if I get one of my on. guns back, I'll take my red Shock Tech Kimmy that Rennick got me when I got on Shock Tech and then Aftershock. If I can oh, have yeah. that gun back, shooting 21 balls a second with some of that white shell evil, yeah, Ooh, you ain't making the corner, me. bud. Talk to me. I don't know how all corners are getting made. Kimmy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they're getting like, no with, with no bunkers on the field, right? Yeah. Like 28 pieces on the whole field and yeah. no lane block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boys were getting uh, rope, but I, I'd take that. But, you know, my first DM4, I, I think all those guns were fun. I think yeah. the autocockers were fun when everybody had an autococker, right? Seriously. There's nothing better than hearing that thing cycle and watching a ball go downrange and splash right around the edge of that hyperball tubing, going right over that snake beam and splashing off of somebody. I'll take any of them, right? Like, if we go pre-2010, just take me back to pre-2010 for a season because I probably would have had just as much fun doing it, right? Yeah, man. The Those best times. wild times. The best times. <laughs> yeah. You know what's yeah. funny is uh, there is something to be said about why players would make corners back then That's I've realized I don't think a lot of the new, the young professional players do well. And that's finding blind spots and running and shooting well. Some of these fields lately have kind of highlighted that a little bit where there will be a side, like for example, on the Dorito side on this field, it was super hard to make that the Dorito one. But if you pull up off the gate and shoot at the back center and then go, or, you know, kind of run out a little bit past one of the bunkers and stop in a blind zone and shoot and then dive into your spot, getting creative and being able to read the lane and, and actually put accurate paint back on the shooter is a huge bonus, a huge help mm-hmm. in getting you into your spots, you know? And I, I feel like that's kind of, that's kind of something that doesn't get utilized that much anymore. Yeah. By no, the new players. I, I mean, by the new players. Also back then when X-Ball was really kicking off, we had that transition of all those 10 man guys that were very intelligent paintball players. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe, Maybe they were finding finding ways to do that. I mean, you'll see Fedorov do it. You'll see, you know, Mouse does it. Um, uh, the experienced attackers, right? They they find ways to get them into the spots that are super shootable, and it's by going to certain blind zones or running and shooting effectively. Um, and I think I think this field is going to expose a lot of players. Um, we'll see. We'll see. It's just my my assumption. Yep, no, we will see. Now you guys are, are past that. I don't, I don't. You guys aren't in that category. And again, we played you this weekend. You guys, you guys definitely know what you're doing out there. Yeah, Mike, dude, we, we can't. On wood. Yeah, yeah, we can't thank there you enough go. for uh, for stopping by and hanging out with us. And we sending all our love to you and the man. fam. Hope you guys are doing great. And uh, yeah, man, we can't wait to see Likewise. you on the East Coast here in uh, about a week, a little over a week here. Oh. Man, I always appreciate being on here with you guys. You two are uh, always make me proud, man. Like I'm super stoked to have you guys as friends, as brothers, and just know that I'm always proud of you guys and what you're doing. And for everybody out here that supports these guys, you're two of the realest dudes that there's ever been. And if there's ever anything I can do for the show, for any of the fans out there through you guys, let me know because I'm always here to help. Hell yeah. Damn, just Mike. stopping by, man. The listeners absolutely love love hearing your your perspective and you know, you always yeah. keep it 100. So 
Just uh, totally. yeah. I appreciate all of our friends out there listening to us, man. Like you see me at an event, walk up, say what up, and introduce yourself. Hell yeah! I look forward to talking to everybody. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Awesome, Edge. Thank you, brother. All right, brothers. You guys have a good night, man. I'll see everybody in about a week. Yes, sir. You, you too, too, sir. Thank you. All right. Later, brother. Peace. Peace. Hingemeister. The man, the myth. The Dude. man, the myth, the OG. There dropping he is. knowledge, man. Just dropping straight knowledge. That's Non-stop. Just, you know? Yeah. Seriously. Talks the talk, walks the walk. Yes, he does. And straight you, it, it's in the pedigree, you know? It's in the pedigree. Um, yeah. With uh, even just what he's done with Aftermath as of recent times and and the um, the way that he's hardwiring these players to attack the yeah. field and to apply themselves. Like he was saying, you know, you've got to really clock in and do the work. And and I love the bit that he talked about with the player getting there a little bit early or or doing just the the extra, the extra. Mm-hmm. It's free. It's mm-hmm. free to do that. Mm-hmm. And and it holds so much weight and is going to take you to those next levels that you can't even see and you, you might not even be able to fathom. But just doing that work, going the extra distance is always going to get you on that path to where you want to go. Um, no matter what line of work you're in, you know, paintball, business, doesn't matter. Your relationships, you got to really clock in and do the work. You absolutely do. Um, and it, again, it really translates into regular life, right? That's the way yeah. it is. You got to do the work. You got to be willing to do the work. You got to be willing to do the hard stuff. You got to be willing to go through the downs, you know, and, and, and work at overcoming things. If you want to have the success, if you want to reap the benefits, if you want the rewards, you know, if you want what other people have, you got to figure out what they did to work so hard to get it. You know, things don't just come. They don't just come easy. They don't just come to you. You know, you, you have got to go out and get it. So, um, you know, Mike has treated aftermath in that way. And I, I, I like, you know, having Rob on as well about business. That's how business is, you know, yeah. <laughs> no yeah. bullshit. Here's the, here's the formula. This is the process. This is what we need to do. And this is what we're going to do, you know? And mm-hmm. that's that. That's it. Absolutely, dude. <clears throat> well, my brother, it's been a, a, a nice, uh, nice little show here. Like, yes, see, it I has. didn't expect to talk to Mike for that long. You know, we kind of had some stuff to, to, discuss i think but i love uh, it I feel like we, perfect yeah i do too i feel like we unpacked it all with hinge yep and then i do want to uh we have like maybe a couple discord questions we can get into for the ptg oh, yeah, fam okay. uh we'll just get to the really important ones like what's your favorite pizza topping from captain shibby you can only <laughs> choose one that's it one forever well if you could only have one topping yeah cheese count is cheese a i topping? think it, you would have to go with cheese yeah yeah, but, you have to go with cheese. Yeah, that's the base. Um, what's your okay, favorite pizza? Okay, so not pizza? a topping. Yeah, what's your favorite? He said topping, but you would have to go with cheese. What, are you going to have a pizza with no cheese? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's not consider that a topping. I don't know. This is tough, dude. Maybe bell peppers? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, see, I don't know. My favorite pizza is, well, I've got two. I, I love a Hawaiian pizza. Yes, I do. Yep. I love barbecue chicken pizza. And my favorite is the sausage and bell peppers and pepperoni. The little deluxe yeah. style, you know. Yep. Um, I don't know. That's tough. Just one topping, just one. I think bell peppers because I like the texture, you know, it's like a little yeah. bit of crunch with the. I mean, if I had to stick with one forever, it's got to be pepperoni. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I knew you were going pepperoni. Standard like, issue. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Standard issue. Um, and Mountain oh, Mike's yeah. too. Take me back. Ah, Mountain Mike's. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my brother! That said, anchovies are bust. Woo-hoo. 
Oh boy. Me. No Man, way. I'll go with bust, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Anchovies. Goodness. Yeah. Not my thing on pizza, at least. No, no, I'm with you on that, dude. They uh they delivered an anchovy pizza to my house one time and my kids were like, What is that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they were my like, gosh. This is our pizza. Uh <laughs> all right. Jay Stu, how do you guys feel about the designated hitter? What's he talking about? I have no clue. Designated hitter. Oh, I thought maybe you did. I thought it was a I thought maybe. No. Um, that's like a baseball term, right? Yeah, so maybe is, is he talking about for like one-on-ones? Like you you have to pre-select your guy, like you I see. Yeah. I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jay Stu, always doing a lot in PTG world. And we have just the best community over there. So thank you to everybody who taps in and is a part of the the uh, Discord community. It's a lot of fun and it's paintball seven days a week. Everyone is in there just ripping it, talking about gear, news. We've actually got a new thread, the Breaking News channel, where we have a it's bunch of really- juice. All the juice. We got a lot of great stuff going on in the Discord, so we're having fun in there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I think uh, this has been a really good one. I'm excited to get out to Philly. I'm excited. Um, we got practice this upcoming weekend with Revo and actually the Latin Saints. I'm going to be playing against the Latin Saints on the East Coast. There we go. Yeah, so we'll we'll get a look at the squad um, going into the event, right. and then we'll tap in on another PTG episode uh, next week and, and kind of go over awesome. all the details rolling into this tournament. Well, there we go. Right on. Yes, sir, baby. Oh, yeah, brother. All right, PTG fam. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week. Yep. We'll see you soon. All right. Have Peace. fun. Peace. All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. We really hope you guys were able to take away a lot of uh, useful information from this episode. I think there were some very valuable kernels of knowledge um, and just always a good time to sit down and, and talk with Mike and get to have Rob on the show. Really excited about that. But what an amazing episode. PTG fam, as always, thank you guys so much. And you know the drill. We will see you very, very soon.